0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. Got our regular Thursday episode coming at you guys today with a little bit of a, more of an emphasis on the NFL schedule release that happened today. Uh, we'll kind of to hit down on that at the end of the NFL section here. Um, we'll get started off with the NHL, though. Colorado Avalanche swept the Nashville Predators this past Monday and outscored them 21-9 in the series. They'll face the winner of the Wild versus Blues series in the second round. Um we got our Eastern Conference matchups up here first. We got Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes tied at three to three right now. Or in the series tied three to three. They're playing game seven uh, a couple of days. A couple of days. Um, they finished up game six tonight. Uh, Boston clinched the <clears throat> pushed to get, clinched game seven rather and uh, took it at home. Uh, took game six at home, so they'll be going back to Carolina for game seven. Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are up three two right now in the series. They're actually leading the game three two right now. As we are recording, um, they're in the third period, a couple minutes in. Um, be huge for them to win this series, from the game in Tampa Bay, not have to go back for game seven. You're going to be at home, but still, you'd like to just get it done in six. Uh, Washington Capitals versus Florida Panthers. Panthers are up three to two. Uh, I know Brett's team's the Capitals. So I think, I think they're playing that game. Uh, game six is in Washington, so Washington may be able to pull, able to pull that out, force a game seven back in Florida. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Rangers. Penguins are up three to two. I think they're playing game six again in Pittsburgh, so. Look for the Penguins probably close that series out uh, in Game 6. And then Western Conference matchups still going on. We've the St. Louis Blues versus the Minnesota Wild. Blues are up 3-2. Again, look for St. Louis to close that out in Game 6 in St. Louis. Uh, Kings versus Oilers. Kings are up 3-2. Same thing there. Always looking for the home team to close it out in Game 6 if they're up 3-2 going home. Uh, Dallas Stars versus the Calgary Flames. Flames are up 3-2 in the series. Uh, Dallas is looking to force Game 7. Going to be playing in, in Dallas at home for Game 6. So Looking for a big Game 6 there for Dallas kind of push Game 7 back to Calgary.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how tomorrow plays out as after tomorrow's action we'll have all Game 6s uh, under the belt and we'll have a few Game 7s and a few series clinched. So it'll be interesting to see who comes away with the series and can get that fourth win. Uh, tonight we still have a couple Game 6s left to play. The Wild at St. Louis Blues just started about 20 minutes ago at 8.30 Central. Then the Oilers at Kings have the late game tonight at 10 Eastern. Um, be interesting to see, like I said, a couple games that could be clinched tonight as well. In NHL as well, the draft lottery just happened on Tuesday. We now know the first 16 picks in the 2022 NHL draft. Um, while the lottery happened, the draft itself will not be for next, another couple months uh, for July 7th and July 8th in Montreal, Canada, and The host city has the number one overall pick, kind of something you don't normally see that often. Um, Number one pick, Montreal Canadiens, number two, New Jersey Devils. who actually had the fifth best odds at the number one pick, but ended up with the second pick. And then teams that had better odds than them were the Arizona Coyotes at three, Seattle Kraken at four, Philadelphia Flyers at five, and at six, you have the Columbus Blue Jackets, which was initially the Chicago Blackhawks pick. Uh, number seven was the Ottawa Senators, and number eight was the Detroit Red Wings.
0: Yeah, top eight, I guess, shook out how the odds kind of thought they would um, in terms of you know New Jersey's fifth-best odds to getting the number two pick. But other than that, um, top five were the five-best odds of the number one pick, I believe. So uh, the lottery worked out how it usually is supposed to there. Um, and then coming in at nine is the Buffalo Sabres, number 10, the Anaheim Ducks, number 11, the San Jose Sharks, number 12, the Columbus Blue Jackets, again, making their that's their pick. Uh, they have it twelve there, thirteen. The New York, New York Islanders, number fourteen. The Winnipeg Jets, number fifteen. Team that I take a liking to a little bit is the Vancouver Canucks, and then number sixteen. Rounding up the lottery is the Buffalo Sabers. Um, you know I don't know much about the NFL, the NHL, NFL, NHL draft. I know that typically the first the first couple teams that pick get really good players like the NBA guys that come in and make instant yep. impacts. Um, I, like I know Connor McDavid was a top pick and he came in and it's an instant impact for Edmonton. Um, with the Oilers, so yeah, I don't know if there's a guy. I think there. I, rumors are. I saw some stuff on Twitter that there is a dude in this draft. I don't know his name. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't really follow the NHL that much, but let alone the draft. But uh, we'll get we'll get a name out there for you guys pretty soon before before their draft kicks off. We'll
1: throw his name out there, give him a shout out. But uh, apparently there is a dude this year. We'll see. I don't yeah, know. I'm sure there is. Yeah, there's normally Always a few that make an instant impact. I mean, Austin Matthews as well was a guy that was drafted high and has done really well. He'll probably win MVP this year. And they're one period away from heading to the next round of the playoffs. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the NHL draft shakes out. I don't really know anyone in the draft. Like you said, uh, we're not huge fans of the NHL, especially the draft. Maybe just know the top players in the league. Um, But especially teams that are not as good picking high in the draft, we really don't know much about them. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, there's
0: there's always a couple of dudes. They're never from the U.S. They're always from you know Canada or Finland, Sweden, one of those Northern European countries. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, not not huge fans, but uh, definitely look out for some of these new guys' uh, names and faces to see in a couple of years, uh, making some impact like Matthews and and McDavid. But kind of shifting the Kentucky Derby that happened this past weekend on Saturday. Forgot to touch on it Monday. We're kind of getting back into our groove. Our what was supposed to be a Thursday episode. But we pushed back. Um, but Kentucky Derby. One of the greatest Kentucky Derby finishes of all time, if not mm-hmm. the greatest. Um, if I could go back in time and tell myself I would put Thomas to put money on a Rich Strike, like thousand dollars plus. plus, okay. uh, eighty to one odds to win, and he pulls it out. hundred uh, fortieth running of the Kentucky Derby. Uh took, took place at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Hence the Kentucky Derby. Ah, uh, the favorite to win it was five to one. Was Epicenter had the lead late, but again taking the lead away from <clears throat> away from him from coming way, way, way back in the pack was Rich Strike. 80 to one odds. When it ended up winning at the end, um, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if you, how you haven't seen it by now. I saw it uh, within a few minutes after the race finish. But if you haven't seen it, go check it out. One of the craziest finishes of all time. Um, one of the best races of all time, from what I know. Again, I don't, I don't follow horse horse yeah. racing that much, but I do know that Kentucky Derby. Uh, I think almost everyone does. Um, but those that do know the horse racing on Twitter that I've seen, for the kind of maybe some names in the NFL Twitter media that that follow horse racing as well. Um, they all said it was maybe the, maybe the craziest, definitely the biggest upset ever, and one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen. So, um, definitely witnessed some history there at the Kentucky Derby this weekend.
1: I definitely it was crazy to see you know Rich Strike come back from behind that bird's eye view where he just started the back of the pack, mm-hmm. kind of made his way up, <sighs> crazy. The last 15 seconds, kind of had the gap and charged forward and gained some ground on the leader and eventually overtook on the inside the last couple lengths of the race. It's kind of crazy. Um, but he actually withdrew from the Preakness, which is the second of the three, you know, iconic horse races. The uh, Preakness Stakes takes place at Pimlico Course in Baltimore, Maryland. It's going to be on Saturday, May 21st this year. And it's weird because Rich Strike, you know, just won the race. Nothing wrong with the horse. Uh, will not run in the race and instead prepare for the Belmont Stakes, which is the finale of the three. Um, so there won't be a Triple Crown winner this year as, you know, the winner is not participating in the second race. Really weird, like kind of unprecedented that a horse is like opting out after, you know, being the favorite of the preakness. Listen, listen, when you're when you're eighty to one
0: odds, you got to little take a little bit of a rest there. You wouldn't expect them. We may get a little conditioning uh, issues there. We may have to take a take a break, get a week or so off. I don't know.
1: Maybe, but it's just kind of, it's really interesting for yeah. the horse to opt out and not play or not race at all. Should I say? Um, that's pretty much it. Horse racing front. Shift over to the PGA Tour, um, gearing up for the second major championship. But today, the AT&T Byron Nelson kicked off. It's played at TBC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas. KH Lee won it last year. Uh, The event will conclude this Sunday, as most golf events do. Uh, KH played pretty well today. He was paired up with Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. Um, They all played pretty well. Sebastian Munoz, the guy out of Columbia, he's ranked like 151st in the world or something. He shot a 60, which is insane. I mean, one out of every maybe 15 events on the PGA Tour, you'll see someone shoot that. God, but norm- normally you don't see someone shoot better than a 63. Um, so a 12 under 60 is kind of insane. Um, and then a week from today, like I said, we have our second major of the year, the PGA Championship. It's going to be played at Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Southern Hills Country Club. Phil Mickelson won it last year, and as of now, Tiger and Phil will both be participating in that uh, event, which could honestly be their last event together on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I, I hope it's not. It likely is, though. Like you said, I mean, listen, Tiger's
0: getting old, Phil's getting old. Um, I'd like to see Tiger win, unlikely. Um, I'd like to see Phil win, again, unlikely. But again, both those guys, iconic golfers. Um, I mean, especially those like our, our people our age grew up watching those guys. Um, Seeing them dominate, so it's really cool, uh, to still see those guys playing. It's gonna be um kinda of one of those things. You look back, it's like enjoy it while it lasts, and we're kinda of getting to the end here. Um so it's yeah. pretty cool, pretty unique to see these guys still playing together. Um again, like you said, likely last time on the on the course together on the PGA tour. Um obviously we'll probably see them in some Pro Ams later in the future. Um, you know, that's kind of what these older golfers do when they when they get done playing. But um in MLB news kind of shift over to baseball here um angels pitcher reed detmers threw a no hitter against tampa bay rays a rookie pitcher for the angels on tuesday night uh just a lot of one base runner via a walk and i believe i actually think allowed a lot of second one there was an error in center field by jared walsh and it was kind of an up in the air i think it was in the sixth inning there was an up in the air call whether or not it was gonna be an error or charged as like a as a hit and they ended up giving in the error um which i'm sure everyone was happy with including jared walsh happy yeah. to get the error, take the take the hit off the scoreboard um they ruled in an error, so it keeps the no-no going. Um, pretty unique. It's the first no-hitter of the year, second second complete game shutout of the season. Um, really cool to see a rookie get it. Um, cool to see an Angels pitcher do it, too. I mean, the Angels, uh, historically not a team known for their great pitching. Of course, they've had some good pitchers in the past. And they to, I think that they were a combined no-hitter last year on the anniversary yeah. of Tyler Skaggs' death. Um, tragic passing. They threw a like kind of team It's one of those crazy sports moments where a team or an individual player just – plays out of their mind um due to some sort of tragic accident that happens and takes place and affects the team i remember d gordon let off uh after the passing of um i'm gonna blank on his first name I think he was fernando hernandez was his name jose fernandez, hernandez, fernandez yeah. yeah jose fernandez um he let off and, and hit a homer which if you know d gordon he's like a leadoff hitter at bats for average not a very not a very yeah. powerful hitter and he stroked one into, I think it was in the deep left field, and it was a bomb. Um, it was one of those moments where a guy plays out of their mind. So Angels did that last year, but uh, really cool to see him no-hit, or no-hit Tampa Bay Rays another, again, a quality team. Um, kind of getting some stats leaders, though, here uh, a couple weeks into this, about a month or so into the season, I guess. Um, we have a small sample size right now, especially for pitchers and stuff, but uh, home run leaders right now are Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez are tied with the lead at 10. And then uh, Mike Mike Trout, Anthony Rizzo, C.J. Cron, and Byron Buxton are all in second with nine. Um Buxton's a monster, man. He's. I mean, yeah. Trout's having a Trout year. Uh, CJ Crone and a- Anthony Rizzo, maybe two guys you don't expect to see there, but a couple of guys having a really good year so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, for the most part, guys at the top that you expect to be there. A couple of Yankees, um, which is to be expected in that little league ballpark of theirs. That's right. Um, but, you know, it's good for the sport having some home runs. I mean, 10, about, what are we, 30 games, 35 games? 30 Roughly, a year? yeah. I the team, 30 to 35. It's, it's a little bit more than usual. It's kind of weird because they're using the different balls, and I mean, a, if they're if we're still getting this number of home runs, it's not going to prompt really a change in the ball again. So, I mean, I'll take it. I'm fine with better pitching performances. It's maybe not as good for the game viewership wise, but I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference to me. I mean, the good teams are still going to be good regardless.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think really pitchers I think especially they just want consistency they want guys to, to stop whining and complaining I think there was an interview with Clayton Kershaw mid-game a few weeks ago and he was like listen I don't care I just want, I just want guys to stop complaining about it whatever the MLB thinks is best I don't care I'll throw whatever ball I have to I have to pitch um doesn't really matter so kind of a unique thing there with the balls um I mean, you even go back to just harder hit balls or aren't going out at like last year in the years prior so definitely a shift in the in the, uh, And the batting numbers per se in terms of, uh, I think, average and RBIs, that kind of thing. But um, as we get into RBIs leaders here, Jose Ramirez uh, of the Cleveland Guardians leading the MLB with 30 RBIs. Uh, Pete Alonso at 28 uh, of the New York Mets. we got Rowdy Tellez, guy I did not expect to see on the list. I've had a Milwaukee Brewers. He's got 27. Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals at 26. C.J. Crone, Ty France, and Jazz Chisholm
1: Jr. all tied at 24 RBIs in fifth place. Yeah, it's, I mean, 30 RBIs through 35 games. Jose Ramirez is definitely a guy that some people probably would have picked to lead the league in RB- RBIs. Yeah. Just an incredible hitter all around. The Alonzo, you know, his RBIs are coming from power. Um, Tella is not a guy I'm too familiar with. But, hey, he's having a great start to the year, so respect to him. You know, Milwaukee could use a couple big bats right now. Um, Shout-out Christian Yelich, though, who just hit for the cycle. Yeah. Kind of crazy that he's done it three times in his career, all against the same team. Um, I didn't know it was against the same team. Yeah, all, I did not know that. All well. against the Reds, I believe. Well, that's not shocking this yeah. year, but you know. I think he has the all-time major league record is five cycles, so he's got a couple more in, them, but he oh, no can maybe doubt. break that record. No doubt. And um, Arenado, I mean, to be expected. Yeah. Crone, you're going to get there with all the homers. Jazz Chisholm Jr he's he's been a good hitter this past few years so not surprised and he's really good for the game so i like watching him yeah um yeah, he like said jess
0: chisholm he's good for the game um the way he plays i think he's a fiery player I we really like to see him like you said aaron is expected there too so um, but average leaders again this is kind of where the small sample size kind of plays into like i mean the rowdy tell us again love to see the guy up there don't recognize his name per se but yeah. small sample size he may not hold there um Juan Yepes of the St. Louis Cardinals batting 400, leading the league in average. I'm not really sure if that's going to (laughs) hold, to to be honest.
1: So, two for five. was
0: going to say, like, he may have taken 20 at bats this year. Listen, I'm not going to knock the guy for having a small sample size, but, like, I mean, what are we doing here? MLB is going to crank up the minimums here (laughs) for the batting average. Manny Machado at two. That's respectable at 383. (laughs) Eric Hosmer, again, 367 for the Padres. Another respectable guy. Tim Anderson again, you know, three three of our four so far have been respectable hitters at uh, you know, in the top top four of the batting average at 347 for Tim Anderson. Also leading the league in errors, I might add. He not is. a great fielder. Maybe he should move to the DH role for the for the Sox. White Sox that is. Um not great with fan interaction either. Yeah. <laughs> he does not like when he gets heckled by fans. He's thrown a couple of obscene gestures at him over the course of the season so far, so um maybe he needs to move to the DH role, but you got Josh Bell, uh at five, another guy, younger guy. Um guy who's been in the league a few years. I think he came into the league pretty young, so young in yeah. terms of the average age of a player. Um but he'd been in the league a few years, um, like a quality hitter. Like not he's not necessarily an all an everyday all star like like a Machado or an Anderson, but um he's a solid hitter, a guy who's again, probably didn't hold the three forty five, but he may be over the three hundred mark this whole season. Um so, you know, like I said, four out of five here are respectable guys. I'm not sure if Juan Yepes is gonna hold at 400 though. I mean, let's get that minimum batting minimum I, plate appearances up.
1: I uh, did did the research and he is 10 for 25 on the year. I said I, what did I say? 20 at bats. So 25 at bats. Come on. I mean, you give I, the minimum needs to be probably like 150 at bats. Well, hold on, let's think about this. Minimum should be three times however
0: many games or, or what the yeah. average number of games being played is because you figure you're gonna get at least three at bats a game, maybe four. Right. Call it three with the, with the with pitchers dominating right now. Pitchers dominating baseball. Call it three every game that you play.
1: Yeah, three every for every That's game that team has played. That's what it's got to yeah. be. Yeah, well, regardless, twenty five is not enough. It does not meet the minimum. Correct. Um, but Machado having an MVP type start to his year, mm-hmm. Hosmer, and they to need be it. Expected. They need it. Tim Anderson, you mentioned uh, the lack of defense this year, but always been a good hitter. And then Josh mm-hmm. Bell, known for power, kind of yeah, getting to the, be an average hitter is really good for his game. So I mean if Yepes can keep it going Shout out shout out Yepes. But like listen, I don't know about four hundred for the season. Gotta yeah, raise it, that. It'll be interesting to listen, see how it All
0: I know is that it will be the show in Road to the Show, which is like your my career, whatever you wanna call it. All I know is that when I get to the majors, my stat for like batting average is like it's you have to average three point three at bats for every game your team has played. So like if I'm a, if I'm playing both if I'm a if I'm a two way a two way player in, in the show I can't be getting that because I got my pitching appearances and I got my at bats.
1: Yeah. So you know, just throw that in there. Maybe it, maybe that's what the ESPN should start doing for their their stats tracking. Yeah, I, I think Yepes has played like in a fifth of their games if you do the math. So it's gotta be something really low man. That's hilarious. Um, like we've been talking
0: about though, pitchers been kind of dominating baseball. Um, pitching performances in general, I mean ERAs are super low right now. Um, ERA is a big one that's not gonna hold. Um, I mean, there's three guys in this list that I don't know in top five that I've I just don't really know who they are. Um, starting out with Michael Kopech, I'm gonna to guess to tell you say his last name about the Chicago White Sox pitching a .93 ERA. That's great. He's probably started five games. and It's not gonna hold for him. I hope it does. It'd be great to see, but again, sample sizes are so small right now, especially for pitchers. This is one that never holds. Um, Pablo Lopez of the of the Miami Marlins again. A guy I think I've heard of him before. I think he's been a top pitching prospect for them, but. Not a guy I'm super familiar with With throwing an ERA of one even. Uh, Nestor Cortez, a guy I do know, a Yankees pitcher. He took a took the Rangers to a no-hit game through seven the other day. He had a really good outing. He's been great all year. Uh, what the Yankees have really needed to, to power them to this great start they've had so far. Um, been better than Garrett Cole, which is unexpected. But Nestor Cortez has always kind of been a good pitcher. Uh, at A 1-4-1 four, one, four, one ERA. Uh, Miles Mikolas, a one four, nine ERA. Again, an unexpected guy there. Um not going to hold. And then Justin Verlander off the, off the Tommy John surgery, um, late in his career, had a really good start to the year. At a lot of one five, five ERA. Another guy who took a, he took a no hitter into the seventh. I'm going to forget the team it was. I was seeing a movie when it was happening, but, um, yeah, Justin Verlander with a 155 ERA is another solid one. Uh, a guy who probably will hold there, I think, if I had to guess. A guy who probably holds a uh, sub-3 ERA this year. Yeah. Uh, I said top of the leaderboard. But it, pitchers, again, average batting average and pin ERA is another one that's going to fluctuate a lot throughout the year. it would be interesting to see. We'll get a clearer picture once we get to the All-Star break, I think, for those two categories.
1: Yeah, I agree. It seems like the top guy in each category is kind of a no-name guy. Michael Kopech is a right-handed pitcher for the White Sox, like you said. Point nine three ERA. He has six starts this year and has pitched twenty nine innings. So he's not even averaging five innings a start. Um, so I don't know if that has a whole lot of yeah worth to it. Um, see how he does maybe by all star break, like you said. See how these guys' numbers fare. The rest of them, I mean, other than Michaelis, um, are guys that I'm familiar with, and I mean they've always had good stuff, especially Verlander. I mean, Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's, it's just surprising that he's doing this well after surgery. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of to be expected from a guy of his caliber. Yeah, I mean, you get the arm fresh. I think what I've heard is
0: in I look I listened to a Walker Bueller podcast the other day. Where he was on a guest on a podcast, and you know, basically he's saying that like the nice thing when he came back from Tommy John, he had the best stuff of his of his life because it's like you got a whole new arm essentially, you got a whole new elbow. Um, so I think you're looking for guys to maybe come back off of some. Again, Justin Verlander, a guy a guy who was a master at his craft. Um, you know, him, Clayton Kershaw, and, and Max Scherzer are, I think, the undisputed three best pitchers of their generation. Um, Kind of that mid 2010s generation of pitchers. Um, You know, guys, he's, he's the first bout Hall of Famer. Again, a guy who's a master at his craft. So, not super surprising he's come back really well, uh, healthy. But good to see there for a veteran guy. Um, and then, strikeout leaders, we've got Shane McClanahan out of Tampa Bay at 58. Carlos Rodan, uh, expected to be there at 2 of 53 a big K's guy, uh, Kurt Corbin Burns, uh, another huge K's guy at 50. Um Max Scherzer, another guy you expect to see at 49 rounding out top 4. You got Aaron Nolan and Dylan Cease at 47 out of the Phillies and the Marlins respectively. Um so you know the top, you know I guess I guess it's six guys. You got two tied for tied at 5. So of, of those top six guys, you expect to see five of those for the most part. Um Shane McClanahan's not a super expected name, but again, K's are K's, man. You're getting strikeouts. You're getting strikeouts. It's not like ERA where you can pitch twenty-nine innings right. and, take and get oh, a point nine three. So, um, pretty pretty impressive stuff from Shane there. Uh, Rodon and Burns have been really good this year. Sturges has been great. A guy, another guy, was just kind of aging like fine wine. I feel like him, Verlander, and Kershaw have all had really good years this year. Really good starts. Uh, all three of these guys are looking good. But you know, Aaron Nola, a guy I really like is a pitcher, uh, a young pitcher. I think he's twenty-seven right now, so he'll have really bright future ahead of him. And Dylan Cease, same thing, young pitcher. Uh, for the Marlins, probably gonna get a huge payday here in a few years. Maybe, maybe not even be a Marlin after the
1: end of the season. To be honest, with you. he may not. Be, he may get traded. So right, yeah. we'll see. But Rodon, other start, good start to his year. Burns, same thing. Hey, you know, all six of these guys pretty familiar with except for McLanahan, But I mean, strikes, strikeouts are a thing where you might give up a bomb just because your stuff, if your stuff is so nasty, you're gonna miss a lot worse than if someone has average stuff. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna miss it probably right in the sweet spot of the hitter. Um, so it's really strikeouts or bombs for these guys, and that's why their ERA is normally low. Um, they just don't allow a lot of base runners and just have really good stuff all the time, uh, which is the main reason for all these Ks. That's pretty much it for MLB. We're going to shift down to the college baseball level where we're nearing playoffs, where we got the regional, super regionals, College World Series. It's a few weeks away. Uh, this upcoming weekend, we got a really a few really good matchups. Uh, number nine, Texas Tech at number three, Oklahoma State. Should be really exciting that uh, series could end up deciding the Big 12 regular season title. Uh, We also have number seven, Louisville, and number five, Virginia Tech. Another matchup would be really interesting the ACC. Um, That will probably also be for the title. And then Vanderbilt came back in the rankings, number 24. They're traveling to Fayetteville to play number four, Arkansas. Arkansas is looking like they're going to win the SEC as of now. It'll be interesting to see if they hold on kind of between them and Tennessee will be the top two guys, top two teams vying for that spot. Um, Tennessee played tonight, though they beat Georgia. Is kind of the lone Thursday game. But that's pretty much it for kind of the big matchups to look out for. I think there was another ranked matchup, but it wasn't of too much uh, importance in the standings-wise. As we kind of shift to the rankings, we didn't mention them on Monday. We mentioned the older ones. These are the up-to-date current rankings. Very little movement this week. Uh, The top six stayed the exact same. And we're only going to mention teams that moved up or down more than three spots, just for the sake of mentioning, like, 15 teams. Yeah. Teams that rose in the rankings. Grand Canyon finally makes an appearance in the top 25. Very well deserved. Um, They're at 25 currently. They've had I think ten, 8 or ten ranked wins this year, which is really impressive. It's just they've kind of lost some head scratchers, uh, which has kept them out of the rankings to this point. Just mentioned Vanderbilt has moved back into the rankings to 24. Texas has moved back into 22, and UCSB moved up from 25 to 19, the biggest jumper of the week. Yeah, I mean if you'd have told us that we're sitting here on May
0: 12th, that you know, or I guess it would have been what May. Eighth um on sunday and you're sitting there going man are vanderbilt and texas going to get back in the rankings and you sit there on monday and you think wow they just jumped back into the rankings we you'd have told i'd have told you you were crazy and these, I, I thought the, i mean these were the two best teams in the country according to basically everybody going into the year and they and they just jumped back into the rankings here um in in, in early may so kind of crazy that we see those team to those two teams fall but again losing head scratchers just losing games they shouldn't um getting really blown out by teams they shouldn't get blown out by. Um, I think the low point for Texas, they got beat by Air Force 14-2 to in Austin. I mean, it was embarrassing. Um, you know, Vanderbilt suffered some similar losses. Um, so those teams, teams, again, those teams very well make Omaha runs. It's just going you to know, depend on what they draw, honestly, in, in the regionals and super regionals. So um, I'm glad to see Grand Canyon get up there. Again, they lost some head scratchers, but glad to see him get up there being ranked. And then um, UCSB. listen, Southern California school, talk to me. Getting up six spots there. Um, But, I mean, like you said, really good slate of games this weekend. Uh, We're looking forward to the Texas Tech series. Uh, It's, like you said, likely going to determine the Big 12 regular season championship and set up a lot, uh, kind of set the table for the seating for the Big 12 championship uh, uh, tournament. And then, I mean, it's a a massive, it's a make-or-break weekend for Texas Tech for um, regionals and super regional hosting. Regionals, certainly, um, they probably need to go out and win this series and the next series and then perform really well in the Big 12 Conference Tournament to get a super regional you know, host site to be a top-18, mm. but um, certainly on the cusp, cusp of there, I think if they lose this series, they're probably not going to host a regional, I don't think, um, which would suck, but uh, we'll see. Uh,
1: like I said, kind of a make-or-break series for them. Yeah, you know, last year they won every series and they lost two, I believe. To this point, they've won every series and lost one, the TCU sweep. So, I mean, these are two really good teams that Tech has coming up in Oklahoma State and OU. Um, you feel like the magic number they have to win out of those six games is four to be able to you know, host a regional. Yeah. And then last year they lost in the first game of the Big 12 tourney to TCU, who ended up winning the Big 12 tournament. And they still hosted a Super. So you feel like since their they're rank's lower this year to start, uh, they got to win four to finish out the regular season and then probably win at least one in the Big 12 tournament if they want to host a super um, or even a regional, honestly. Um, The conferences that have the teams that will probably host regionals and supers are really only two, three conferences. It's kind of all loaded, so you're going to have to make the most of what you can do against your high-caliber competition. Uh, But teams that are kind of falling down in the rankings, Georgia Tech, Georgia, and TCU are now unranked after being ranked last week. All lost their series. TCU, I think, lost three games last week. I guess that's good to see as a fellow Big 12 fan. Um, Kind of a team that's been really up and down this year. Uh, So who knows, they could turn it on when it comes to the Big 12 tournament again. But as of now, they're not too hot. Um, UCLA fell 15 spots from 8 to 23. I'm not sure what happened to them last week. I would assume they got swept. Yeah, Kind of crazy, though. It's one of the bigger drops we've seen this year. And then Southern Miss, the team that we thought didn't really have what it took to be in the top 10, is now down to 14 after dropping from 7.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, a team we really didn't think had a place being in the top ten. Um, they could drop out of the top ten. I don't even know if they have a place being a top fifteen team. I haven't watched much of their stuff this year, but um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think if you're gonna you're gonna go have them play a Texas Tech, or you're gonna have them play even a UCLA, you're gonna have them play an Arizona um, teams that are of that caliber um, type type teams. I just don't know if they're to compete with them over a three game set. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I, you never know. But just interesting to see there. Um, what kind of shift did the NBA here? Um, Nothing really happened in college basketball. We can kind of skip over that this week. There's nothing of note there. Um, but other than that, we've got uh, got NBA basketball rolling here. We're almost done into the conference finals. Uh, John Moran has a bone bruise in his right knee; is doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. Um, hadn't didn't play yesterday. Despite uh, despite that, though, the Memphis Grizzlies absolutely rolled the yeah. Golden State Warriors. They were up 55 at one point. I went to bed. I went to bed early last night because I drove home from 11 yesterday. But they they were up. 110 to 61 at one point they were rolling it biggest was 55 i mean they were rolling yeah. so um yeah i think that that's just a team without their head coach um that's just kind of going through the motions they're going to get back to golden state and kind of close it out there so i think they're going to close it out in game six personally in in golden state but uh, we will kind of see about that and uh sunset coach monty williams won coach of the year on monday uh, very deserving i think it was monday late monday evening it got announced yeah. um after we po- recorded and posted the monday pod but um very deserving. I mean, the Suns are a really, really good team this year. Battled some injuries. Um, certainly they're going to be battling the Devin Booker injury. They battled through that. Um, it could be lingering for him, too. I mean, he's, he's playing right now, but I don't think he's 100%. So, kudos to him for just kind of sticking it out. And um, Very different games this year. Like I said, the blowout from from the Grizzlies was, mo- I mean, just monsters. The Warriors had 22 turnovers, and their starters sat five minutes in the second half. I remember I was texting you because I stopped watching the game. And you were like, yeah, they didn't play the whole second half. Yeah. I was like, just rest, of us hit their guys. And you were like, yeah, they've been sad them, so and it makes sense. Um, but the Celtics and Bucks, um, incredible game, uh, game six there. Um, I mean, we were texting kind of throughout the fourth quarter. I got texted you was like, man, are you watched this game and it was it was incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, the Celtics led the Bucks literally the entire game. Um, Bucks kind of hung with them, and then they got down fourteen uh, in the third quarter, and they. They clawed and fought their way back, ended up winning by three, one ten to one oh seven. Um Giannis went off, hit forty and eleven, um, just a bucket. And and Drew Holiday, uh I don't know what his box score numbers were, I think he had, I think in the in the teens, but um more than the more than more than uh impact was greater than the stat sheet. He right. his defense was I mean he put he put Marcus Martin shackles a couple of times. I mean uh Bucks go up go bucks go up one. It was one oh nine to one oh or 108 to one oh seven. Um they come down, Marcus Smart drives to the lane and, and kind of goes to put up a floater, it looked like. Couldn't really tell what he was trying to pass or put up a floater, but Drew Holiday literally just palmed the ball out of his hand, took it, had the wherewithal to walk the tightrope on the baseline and throw it off. Marcus Smart's chest out of bounds. Um, and then Bucks obviously make their free throws, and then uh, up 110 to 107. Celtics trying to get up the court pretty quick Get a three, and Marcus Smart's bringing it up the court, and Drew Holiday steps right in and, and uh, kind of comes into the passing lane steps through and, and rips the ball from him, and, I mean, it was that was all she wrote. Uh, so, Drew Holiday coming up big when it mattered, definitely that guy on defense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, he was a guy that everyone wants on their roster, and he was really the guy Milwaukee was missing for so long, you know, even without Chris Middleton at the moment, really for the whole series, um, as they hope to get him back some point soon. Drew Holiday was the guy they were missing, you know, in 2019, 2020, in the bubble to take that next step, and, you know, he was exactly the reason they – Took that next step last year, and why they could you know very well win it this year. Um, but Drew Holiday's line was twenty four eight eight, two blocks and one steal. He stuffed the stat sheet. That was wrong. He he put up some. Yeah, balance. I didn't realize he had that many. I didn't assists, know he had rebounds, name. but kind of crazy from a guy like him. You know, never really had that lead role on a team. But nonetheless, I mean, he's an incredible defender, top five guard defender in the league. We're talking, no doubt. Um, yeah. That was a great game last night, pretty much exact opposite kind of game as the Warriors-Grizzlies game, which is shocking. Um, But the Heat also went to Philly today, and they took Game 6 from the Sixers, uh, became the first team to advance to their respective conference final, and for the Eastern Conference final matchup, they will await the winner of the Bucks vs. Celtics series. Which could very likely conclude tomorrow night, as the teams are playing in Milwaukee and the Bucks have a three-two lead. I don't imagine that they go back to Boston. I think the Bucks close it out tomorrow night. One of the better fan bases in the NBA, uh, but in terms of current standings, just said uh, the Bucks and Celtics. Bucks are up three-two. Western Conference, we have both games still or both series still going at the moment. The Warriors, Grizzlies, like we just said, the Warriors lead three-two after the loss last night. The Mavs Suns, the Suns are up 3-2. They're currently playing in Dallas right now. Dallas is up in the second quarter at the moment. Um, To kind of round out the NBA news, the NBA draft lottery will take place this Tuesday on the 17th of May. Teams will know where they're picking that hold a top 14 pick, uh, but similar to the NHL, the draft won't be for a little while after on Thursday, June 23rd. Um, I know the Spurs... As a Spurs fan, I'm, I want the Bucks to win because we have the Celtics' first round pick, and That's right. we have the Raptors' first round pick as well. So, an exciting draft if you're a Spurs fan. Uh, three firsts, and there's a lot of talent in this draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball, more so than there has in you know the last five years. I mean, there's so many great defenders in the draft from the one through the five, and just the way that today's NBA is, I feel like these prospects fit that mold a lot better than they normally would. Um, just also versatile, have the length and athleticism to compete at any level of the floor. Um, that pretty pretty much rounds out the NBA. Um, excited to see you know how the conference finals shake up, who goes to the finals. I mean, in a couple of weeks, we'll know the finals matchup. So it's always exciting, you know, when you get down the stretch here, whether your team's in it or not, to be able to you know watch these high stakes games and especially game sevens as we'll probably have here in the next few days. And I was, that's, I forgot, I, I, because you, you texted, when I texted you last night, you
0: are like, yeah, need this Bucks W, and I was like, why is he pulling for the Bucs so hard? And I, I forgot that you guys had yeah. the Celtics
1: pick. Um, that's why I was upset the Nets <laughs> couldn't beat the yeah. Celtics. Uh,
0: I, I totally forgot about that, but I was like, man, what, it, what, what, what does he have against Boston? I, I can't remember, but it was the pick. Um, but I don't know, who, I, this kind of another year, we don't really know who's going to go one, we kind of, we kind of know, we, you always kind of know who's mm-hmm. going to go one, there's always kind of a clear cut best player in the NBA draft, um. I don't really know this year. It's kind of interesting. Um, I think Paolo Bancairo probably goes first or after his tournament performance, too. I mean, the NCAA tournament has a huge kind of impact right. on a lot of these guys. Um, interesting to see where some guys go. Like, I don't – interesting to see where Chet Holmgren goes. I I personally don't think his skill set translates to the NBA. I think he's he's built like Kevin Durant but doesn't move like Kevin Durant. Granted, nobody right. does. But, like, he's got the Kevin Durant kind of build. I just don't know if he translates to the NBA as much. Um, unless he puts on some weight, which he, his frame certainly could. Um but I think Ben Carrick would probably go. Curiously where Jaden Ivey goes. I don't know if he's a top three prospect, but he's the best guard in the draft.
1: Yeah, the, the way the lottery is working this yeah. year, just based off the team's percent probability. So I know, like, a few teams, including the Spurs, have a certain percent chance to get a top four pick or a certain percent chance to get a nine through 14. And yeah, they just, they changed it, like, like in the last
0: bargaining agreement, they changed it all.
1: Right, whereas teams, the Spurs have a zero percent chance of picking between, like, five and nine Um but if they do, I think it's like a nine percent chance that they pick in the top four, they would probably have the fourth pick, and I assume they'd take Jade and Ivey, which would be an incredible addition to any team. I think he's the real deal. His game translates yeah. to the NBA. I mean, he's very similar to John Morant, just probably better defender. Um, you know, playing at Purdue is quality basketball there in the Big Ten and I think like I said, it'll translate well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, whose stock goes up, whose goes down as we kind of get to that June 23rd date. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it all starts with the lottery here in the next few days. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lottery should be good. It's always
0: interesting. Again, I got I to gotta go read up on, on these new lottery rules, be- you know, odds before I go watch it. But um, kind of shifting the NFL here. Um, it's an incredibly shocking and confusing news that broke um, – I'm not really sure what Fox was Fox Sports was doing. I'm, I'm still not entirely sure, but they signed Tom Brady to a 10-year, 375 million dollar deal on Tuesday morning to be an analyst the day, like the day after he retires. Um, and so far, in his 22-year NFL career, he's made 297 million After the season ends this year with the Bucks, he'll have made like around two like 320 million or so, like th- between right. like 315 and 325, something like that. Um, He's going to be making more money in half the time being an announcer than he was the greatest football player of all time, the greatest quarterback ever. So it's crazy to me. I, he's never called a game before. For all I know, he could be great. But like, Fox yeah. is really making on him being the next Tony Romo. Right. I, I, here's, here's my thing. I don't have a really a gripe with Tony Romo. I mean, he's a Cowboys player, so like, I didn't love him. But I also like don't hate the guy. There's, there's Listen, there's plenty of people that love Tom Brady. There's more people that hate Tom Brady and don't want to hear him talk. So I think it's a it's a huge gamble. Um, I mean, I personally don't really have a problem with it. Like, I don't have – like, do I like Tom Brady? Like, not entirely because my team kept losing to him when he was in the AFC. But, like, I also have a lot of respect for the guy. He's the GOAT. He's, what, 42, 43? 44. 44, yeah, 40, geez, 44 now. And he's still one of the best players in the, in the NFL. So I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's intelligent. I'm not going to mind hearing him talk about football, but – I mean, it's, it's a crazy – it's a it's a big – it's a gamble for them. I think there's a lot of NFL fans that just don't like him. So it will be interesting yeah. to see what pans I out. Yeah, I mean,
1: I like him more than you would think being a Ravens fan. Yeah. Always kind of matching up with him every year in the playoffs for a while there. Um, but, you know, you got to think this is his last year. He's been saying for the past five, six years that he wants to play until he's 45. At the end of this year, he'll be 45. Not surprising um, that he kind of orchestrated this deal right here at this moment in his career. Um I think Fox just wanted to kind of get their former player analyst contract locked in with all these new corporations and companies broadcasting games. Now with Amazon, you still have ESPN, ABC, NBC, kind of all have a a dynamic duo to call games. Um, So, you know, you get Brady to call games, probably get to that Romo kind of role at some point, maybe in that first year, and then kind of ride out the deal. But with that kind of money that he really didn't, He opted not to make in his NFL career. He figured this is his final year. Yeah, I mean, here's what I think is funny. Bro spent 40 days at home
0: with his wife and kids and said, get me out of here. Get me the hell out of here. I got to go back to football. And then he's like, well, I can't play football forever. I got to get something lined up. So now he's got a full-time job. He'll be traveling every week, not at home with his wife and kids. He must have hated it at home, dude. He just had a 10-year deal, which he's going to do more than that, of course. A 10-year deal to announce games? How much did he hate being at home? He spent, like, what, 40 days around wait, I was like, I got to get out of here. I can't do it. I, I guess so. I
1: mean, I don't know if I would Jesus. have the same outlook on it. Me either. Um, but like, damn. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of weird that he's going right into it after such a long career. I mean, obviously set for life money-wise. Yeah. Don't really need the extra three seventy-five mil. I mean, I'll take a small donation maybe. Um <laughs> But you don't need you know, that's really not a necessity. I think his wife probably makes as much as him. If not more. So. Yeah.
0: Listen, Tom Brady, if you get a DM from me, it's my I'm gonna be DMing, DMing you on Twitter and Instagram, my Venmo. Feel free to just slide a few hundred thousand few hundred thousand dollar bucks in their WhatsApp, Cash App, whatever you need, bro. I will slide it in their little donation. Don't mind me. I'm just I'm just asking for a few dollars. Yeah,
1: I mean I also might hit up Fox Sports. Um, <laughs> that's right. Hey
0: guys, I can announce games. I'll do it for three point seven five million. I'll do it for a hundredth. Honestly, you're we might Tom. know more
1: players in the league than Tom Brady, at this current state. Listen, in the next couple of years, we really might with,
0: with all these young guys coming. Listen, I'll do it for. I'll do it for a hundredth. I'll do. It, I will do it for a hundred thousand. Yeah, we got to do it for start, a thousand. I'll do we it. For gotta,
1: we got to We got right to open contract there. negotiations. Yeah, they got to reassess and they might have to restructure Tom's deal to fit us in the cold seat deal. We're going to do the cold seat games. Yeah. Every, like, well, why don't we get like a Tuesday game or something that
0: we can do each that's what week? I'm saying cold seat game, couple bad team, like the worst matchup of the week is the cold seat right. team. Right. We'll do it for three hundred seventy five k a year each. That's a thou- that's a thousandth of what Tom's making.
1: Sign us up, we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, three seventy five. I'm perfectly cool with. I am chilling with that right there. Come on now. Uh, but in other news, we have Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy just announced today that he was charged with second degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer. Kind of a weird uh, label there that they put on it. Um, It basically means that he was seen, or seen, he was accused of throwing property that belonged to his significant other in the direction of his significant other, which is the domestic violence enhancer. With Um, intent to harm. Right. that's That's what the legal folks are saying. I don't know that legal jargon, but that's what it was. But basically, it's a misdemeanor and... The domestic violence, you know, you read that and you normally think it's a physical thing, but he had made no contact with his significant other. I'm not gonna assume genders here. But he was throwing stuff at the direction of his significant other. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's a weird it's a mystery He's being held on a no he's being held in jail on like a no bond or lease. So um he won't see he has to be there until he sees a judge, which will probably be in the next twenty four hours. Um kind of Kind of weird. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Again, it is very weird. But I'm not yeah. going to assume the gender of his significant other here. Um, few, I'm going to assume it's you know, uh, I don't think he has, a, a like, a wife or a husband. I don't think he's, like, married, so I'm going to assume it's just, like, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever else. Um, kind of a strange situation, though. Uh, really weird deal. He got, like, it was announced, like, literally minutes after he was arrested, so, like, it must have been people that were there. I don't know. But um, kind of a weird situation, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more info here in the coming days. Yeah. Um, kind of figure out what his status is, you know, if the team comes out with a statement or whatever. Um, that's pretty much all that's been happening for the Broncos recently. Um, in terms of free agent signings, we had a few this week. The Ravens signed running back Mike Davis to a one-year contract. It's about 1.02 uh, on the cap hit, which is, I think, the vet minimum for him. Um, he was released a week ago by the Falcons. You know, he's a really good insurance policy that you want to have on your team. You know, a guy that kind of had a down year last year, but he's had a 1,000-yard thousand, thousand yard year in his career. Um, he's also stayed pretty healthy. So he's a good insurance policy for Gus Edwards, um, as him really our top three running backs are all coming back from injury. So, you know, was, he might play a good bit depending on how the rehab goes, but it's honestly all depending on that. I mean, we have a rookie running back. We have Mike Davis, and now we have three guys coming back from injury. So it's going to be some competition there in camp. Uh, probably going into the season with three running backs, though. I'm a big fan of this contract signing,
0: actually. I'm, I'm a big Mike Davis fan. I mean, you think about the unexpected timeshare he was in with Cordell Patterson last year after Cordell Patterson's kind of revitalization of his career in Atlanta last year. So I'm a big fan of the signing. I like I like Mike Davis. Uh, more of a power back. Um, something that I don't think the Ravens have a pure power back. I know J.K. Dobbins really get power back, but also there's a receiving threat. So I think you kind of get a guy to go compete with Tyler Beatty and uh, and Justice Hill for that RB3 spot. Um, you figure Beatty makes the roster, and you figure Hill probably gets cut. Um, yeah. But it's an insurance policy to say, you know, should Gus blow out a knee again or something happens. Some I hope he doesn't. I love Gus Edwards, actually.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but, I mean, again, some, say something happens to him, you, you know, it's an insurance policy, like you said. But it's a really good insurance policy to have. He's a really solid guy. I think he's a good RB2, let alone an RB3. So, I think he makes the roster there for Baltimore. Yeah. Um, he said, speaking of vet minimum contracts, we finally got a contract number for Bryce Callahan. I don't know, I mentioned that on Monday. Vet um, minimum, 1.027, whatever, 02 something million vet um, minimum for him. Uh, worth up to 1.25 mil, so again, a little bit of a couple hundred thousand dollars in incentives there to kind of push for. So, got a, got a contract number there for Bryce Callahan. And then Texans signed defensive end, Jerry Hughes, ending his nine year run with the Bills. I don't know if we got a contract number for him yet. We're not really getting numbers on these yeah, contracts I right don't now. Think we but it's a, that's a solid move for the Texans. It's a veteran presence. Um certainly not the player he was uh, in early in his career with Buffalo, a really productive pass rusher for them. Good run defender, so all run solid player, but um good vet signing there. Maybe he has a revitalization year. Uh getting probably gonna see a lot more reps in Houston than he would have in, in, in Buffalo. So a good move for the Texans. Mentor some young guys that got in there. Um wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be sh- it's a one year deal, correct? I'm, i yeah. again, I don't, I don't think we had details, but I wouldn't be shocked if he you know, they draft a young guy next year and he stays for another year in Houston. Super yeah. landing
1: spot for him. Again, lower, no taxes. There are less taxes in Texas, so not a bad move for him yeah. in Houston. No, it's definitely a good signing for Houston, you know, as I kind of try to rebuild that team as a whole. Um, not shocked by the signing or the destination that Hughes yeah. ended up in. Uh, it's a good signing for him. Uh, unless the money's crazy, which I don't think I it will be. I probably have
0: vet minimum yeah. type of deal, yeah.
1: But the kind of last segment we're going to round out the podcast with today. At uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, if just maybe an hour ago, uh, the 2022 NFL schedule was released. Uh, prior to tonight, each team knew who they were playing and where, but they didn't know when. Um, so now we know when, we know what the primetime games are, you know, kind of what the holiday games are, as we're going to start out with that here. And then after we announce the holiday games, We're going to go into each of our teams, so the Ravens and Chargers, schedule week by week, just do a matchup. We're not going to discuss anything on it. Then we're going to give a record prediction. Okay, say maybe we have this or this many wins. Then after that, we're going to go each week, and we're going to announce we're each going to pick a game that we're kind of intrigued by that kind of catches our eye and that we may want to tune into um, that we're interested in and see how it pans out just based off rosters and how teams match up with others. So we're gonna start with the holiday games here. I um, get Thanksgiving, can get Christmas. Yep, no doubt. Um, so Thanksgiving, the Lions and Cowboys always host games. It's kind of just been, you know, a tradition. I don't know really the meaning behind it. And then, you know, in the past ten years or so, they've added a third game at night, a primetime game with two different teams each year. So this year it's the Bills at the Lions at twelve thirty uh, Eastern. And then Giants at Cowboys at 4.30. And then the Pats at Vikings is the night game this year at 8.20 Eastern. Um, so, you know, always love having football, but especially on Thanksgiving, it's kind of a tradition for I feel like most families is kind of watching football, oh, hanging yeah. out, having some oh, turkey. Some of the good matchups this year. It was rumored that it was there was a lot of different matchups. nice that we can finally have a official kind of matchup
0: lineup. Yeah, I kind of wish the games were more competitive. Again, it's definitely a tradition for my family. Uh, we usually eat a little bit later than most families, I think, around, you know, like an early, like at six maybe, five thirty-six. We usually eat a little bit later. But, yeah, we eat about three. Um, so nice to kind of watch for a couple games there um, before we eat, but I wish the games were more competitive. The night game should be good. Pats, Vikings, couple evenly matched teams. Maybe the Pats have an edge there, but it's in Minnesota, yeah. so I um, like the matchup there a lot. I don't love the B- Bills-Lions, but hey, listen, maybe the Lions can be good I Maybe an upset watch week. I don't know, but um, Giants Cowboys is gonna be close. at the divisional game. It should be a decent a decent matchup there, so I, I don't mind that one. Um, Christmas games again. It's kind of become a new NFL tradition that kind of started doing these Christmas games. Um, Christmas actually falls on a Sunday this year, so we have all the basically a bunch of Saturday games and then three Sunday games on Christmas. So we got to all Eastern times again. That can be Packers at Dolphins, one uh, o'clock Eastern. Broncos at Rams, four thirty Eastern, and Bucks at Cards, seven twenty Eastern. All three really good matchups. Love right. all these. Actually, that should be 8:20 Eastern, I believe. Yeah, that's 8:20 yeah. Eastern, not 7:20. So I saw an ESPN in Central Time, but it's gonna be 8:20 Eastern. My bad on the on the Bucs cards, but all three really good matchups. Um, really like the Broncos Rams and the Bucs Cards matchup. Even the Packers Dolphins. Um, should be kind of an electric an electric matchup there with uh Rodgers versus the the Speed Demons and, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the offense for the for the for the Dolphins. Um, really like all three matchups though. Again, should be really really good. Kind of a Russ v. Stafford deal. Uh, Broncos, Rams, and then Bucks cards. Uh, TB12 versus uh, Kyler Murray himself and in that uh, yeah. inter- interesting looking offense. I'll put it that way. So I like those matchups a lot, though, on Christmas.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, be looking forward to watching those games. Like you said, uh, more football the better, but especially on Christmas, kind of nice to have some games to of watch. Um, how do we want to do this? Do we want to do this week by week, or do we want to do. Let's go week by week. We us okay. go week by week. We'll go week one, uh, week two. Like we're, we'll, we'll have it balanced out nicely. It'll, it'll show up on our sheet nicely. here. So, All right, so the Ravens week one game, they're going to start out at the New York Jets. Um, I'm going to put that down for a win as of now. <laughs> and then a game that I'm intrigued by is the New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins, um, just two division rivals. It never seems like the Patriots can get out of Miami with a W. And, you know, a couple – new-looking rosters this year for the most part. So it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. Yeah, I'm definitely looking, again, again, looking forward to there. Uh, we got Chargers at home
0: versus the Raiders opening up week one. Um, you know, the Jameis Winston gift, like the eat a dub, you know what I'm saying? Chargers are taking a dub week one. Um, I'm betting on it. I think the Raiders are objectively the the fourth-worst roster in the division. Just it's a loaded division now. Um, I think the Chargers come out with a really bad taste in their mouth for week 18 against that game uh, in Las Vegas. So I think they come out. The line was like minus four when it opened today. I'm ha- whatever it is. I'm hammering the Chargers line because I think they're gonna it could be a monster game for them. I think they're gonna come out firing on all cylinders again. Really bad taste in their mouth, so could be a blowout win potentially. I'm not gonna call that shot now, but could definitely be a big game for the Chargers. And then a the game I'm intrigued by. Um, we kind of picked. I picked the odd games first, like odd weeks. Which game I wanted first? To break out the even weeks first. So I got the easy pick in week one with, with uh, Bills at Rams Thursday Night Football to open up the season. Um, that should be an incredible game. Uh, in SoFi, the best venue in sports. Uh, two of the, probably the two best teams in each conference, I think, right now. I think what people are say, people kind of agree on is those are the two best teams in each conference. Probably the Super Bowl favorites uh, matchup at the moment, at least. So uh, Bills Rams should be electric. Should be a really good game. Two underrated defenses. Two really good quarterbacks. Um, really looking forward to that game a lot. I don't know if I'm picking a winner yet. But it should be a great game.
1: Yeah, I couldn't think of a better matchup to kick off the season. I'm just waiting for that game to come around and waiting for the season to get going now. We kind of generally have much more action between now and then. Um, week two, Ravens are hosting the Dolphins for their home opener, uh, noon start e- central time. I'm um, going to put that as a dub. Um, kind of They traveled to Miami last year and lost in kind of maybe the sloppiest game I've ever seen the Ravens play. Um, not really known for making – too many mental errors and just kind of had a lot of pre snap penalties. Um, so I'm going to give the Ravens a 2 0 start here. And the game I'm intrigued by out uh, around the league is the Bucks at Saints. Um, you know, Brady's never beat the Bucks in the regular season. Um, and I think that changes here. I think he gets the dub. Uh, Drew Brees is gone. Jameis Winston is playing. He beat him last year. Um, but I think, you know, the Saints made a lot of good moves this offseason. So I think. It'll be a good game, but the Bucks will come out with the dub in the end. Yeah, I like that one. Um, definitely looking forward
0: to seeing that New Orleans offense kind of reshaped. Um, but for the Chargers they got they're in Kansas City on Thursday night football. Um, that one got announced on the draft night actually. I think it was I don't know it was like like some like mid like middle top ten pick they announced. it was kind of weird, right. but um, really like that matchup for for Thursday night football, kind of the first Thursday game. I, I said but, uh, Bills Rams is Thursday. It's gonna be Saturday night football actually. I think they're opening on Saturday the season there. Um, but, no, a really good matchup. first matchup for Amazon having the Chargers Chiefs is maybe one of the best regular season games of, of the year last year when they played uh, primetime in SoFi. So, it um, should be a really good game. Um, don't know if I'm going to give the Chargers a W here. Um, they split with KC last year. So, um, but I'll, I'll give them a W here at Thursday Night Football. They play Herbert plays really well in primetime. Um, so, I'll go, I'll go Chargers W here, give them 2-0 start. Um, a game I'm looking forward to seeing across the league is uh, Bengals versus uh, Cowboys in Dallas. Should be a really good game there. Two evenly matched teams, I think. Um, might go ahead and give the da- give the Cowboys a dub there. Uh, I don't know if they're playing week one, but I might give them the win there. I just think they match up well um, with Cincinnati in terms of that offense going up against Cincinnati's defense. They don't have a great secondary. I don't, think they, I don't know how, how much better they're going to be. Like, I know they have Dax Hill, but don't know where he kind of slides into that defense with Mike Hilton playing in the slot and, and Jesse Bates currently manning the free safety spot. So, um, should be a good. Should be a good game there. Uh, might give Dallas the win though. It's in Dallas, so it might help a little
1: bit. Definitely, that's an intriguing matchup, with kind of two up and coming rosters, so to speak. Um, week three for the Ravens. They travel to New England. It'll be the Patriots' home opener of the year. Um, I'm going to put that as an L. You know, it's a game that the Ravens shouldn't lose on paper, but you always lose a game that you shouldn't. Um, so it's a two and one start for the Ravens. Um, the game that I'm looking forward to around the league is the. Los base Raiders at the Tennessee Titans, two teams with a very similar kind of way about their, how they go about their ways. Um, Culture fit. Right. So it'll be, it'll be a good game and I think they match up well, honestly, I mean two teams that are, you know, good teams, playoff caliber teams. So I'll be looking forward to see kind of how that game goes, who stuffs the sheet and, you know, who comes out with a dub. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh,
0: I mean, Max Crosby get a lot of attention. Could could see, uh, you know, Chandler Jones get some attention. Maybe a Carl Nassib, eating up in that game. We'll see. It may. He's free agent right now, so we'll see. Oh, they not resign him? I could have sworn they resigned him. Not as of now. I missed that. Maybe not. Carl Nassib free agent. So I'm gonna go pick him up. I was gonna say he may have a big game if uh, Max and and Chandler get blocked up there. But never mind. I did not. I thought I could have sworn they re-signed him. Um, I don't think so. Maybe not. But I guess not. Testing my knowledge today late. Week three, Chargers got the Jags. I'm going to chalk that up as a W. Um, the Jags are awful. It's a home game. Oh, if, it was hear about a,
2: that? <laughs> if
0: it was a road game, I would say maybe they're on upset watch. But the Jags are awful, and I'm taking a, a, a W at home. Um, I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to handle the defense that Brandon Slayer throws out there, just the multiple defense he can do. I think it's hard to go up against rookies. Um, so I'll give him a dub that week in week three. And then matchup I'm looking forward to seeing across the league is KC and Indy. I uh, remember really high on the Colts this year. I know we haven't done kind of our divisional previews yet on the pod, but um, I'll probably be taking Indy. Once, whenever we, I'd probably we'll get probably to, do that
1: the week before the season. Yeah, I would say
0: probably late late in the summer. Um, we'll, I'm definitely taking Indy to win that division right now, though. I'm a big fan of that offense. Um, really, Michael Pittman Jr., for those that don't know, is my favorite non charger in the NFL. Um, big fan of his. I think he's a monster. I think he matches up well with, with, uh, with what Casey has on defense, a bunch of small corners. So um,
1: I do like that matchup a lot, though. It should be really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I'll be looking forward to watching that one. Just kind of continue down the Ravens' schedule here. Biggest game of the year to date. Uh, they host the Buffalo Bills. Bills have never been able to win in Baltimore, I don't think that's changing this time. A uh, game that should be prime time that's having a 1 p.m. kickoff Eastern. Um, so I'm going to give the Ravens a dub in that game. Uh, they always play well against good teams when they're healthy, so this is obviously barring them being healthy with no impactful injuries. Um, and a game that I'm looking forward to around the league is the Chiefs at Bucks, one of the premier matchups of the whole regular season. Um, you know, Tom Brady's three and two against Mahomes all time, so maybe Mahomes can you know force it to a game seven, maybe in the Super Bowl. Um, I, don't like, I don't like that prediction. Come on. I don't, I don't so either. Let's, let's but not do that here. just for the sake of we'll the not, not on the pot. It'll um, <laughs> be interesting to see you know how you know they do down in Tampa, but yeah, I'll give the Bucks the dub. No, that's that's a really good matchup. Um, Again, another Super Bowl matchup could happen, um,
0: honestly. But, no, two, two good teams going at it. Um, two teams that could I could see actually taking a step back this year, potentially just aging rosters, you know what I mean? Um, lost a couple of key pieces. But, again, two teams should be really good again this year. Um, should be a good matchup there. Chargers have the Texans in Houston. This would be the upset game I'd take. But considering the loss of the Texans last year, I don't know if they're going to, again, kind of a bad taste in your mouth type of deal. Um, I also, I don't know, I just like the matchup there. Um... Texans really don't have a receiver, and the run game looks a lot better for the Chargers. I didn't think that's a win for them. Again, if, if they wouldn't, if they would have beat Houston last year in, in Houston, I'd say it, it's a loss. But um, again, bad taste in their mouth. I think it's a different culture with LA now. Um, they got a lot of vets in there that have won a lot of games. I think that that's just a, a game they won't lose. Uh, again, bad taste in their mouth. So I'll take I'll take the Chargers to win that one. Go four and zero here. Maybe three and one, three and 4 one. That Chiefs game is kind of a toss-up for me right now. But and the game looking forward to is uh, two teams that. I mean, went to a war a bunch last year, three three meetings, uh, two divisional games, one the playoffs is Rams at uh, 49ers. Should be a really good game. Um, I think 49ers are kind of being slept on right now. I think they're all the, all this buzz about how they don't like Trey Lance I think is not true at all. Um, really like this team. I, even if they don't keep Debo, they should get some sort of good player capital in return, I would hope, at this point, since they haven't traded in about the draft, so... Um really looking forward to that matchup with the Rams. Again, th- they went saw each other three times last year. They went to absolute war all three times. Um really, really good games. So two teams that just hate each other, man. They hate each other. Yeah. I mean their best players hate each other. So um should be a really good a matchup there. Really looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, I'll be excited to see, you know, how that game plays out. Um there's gonna be so many games this season, I said it earlier that I'm gonna wanna watch and I just won't be able to just for the sake of there being so many games and you know, my team playing as well. Um uh, so I'm going to be watching a lot of highlights. But, you know, week five for the Ravens, they got their first primetime game of the year. That uh, was week five, right? Yeah, week five. Week five. And they're having a 3-1 and a one currently. They're going to have their first home primetime game. They're going to host the Cincinnati Bengals. A um, couple games last year, we lost both to the Bengals. Um, one in shocking fashion Just once again, the injuries last year were just killer. Even when we were all injured, we lost... Five of our last six games, four of them were by one point right at the end. Um so just disappointing finish last year, and I think, you know, they've revised their strength and conditioning plan their offseason, kind of schedule and itinerary to help keep guys as healthy and safe as possible. So I foresee a much healthier team this year as the season progresses and hopefully going into the playoffs. Um, gonna give the Ravens a dub here after they, you know, they normally handle the Bengals pretty well. Last year didn't play too well were uh, accounted for a fifth of the Bengals' wins last year. So the Ravens are 4-1 to start, and then the game around the league that I'm looking forward to is the Eagles at Cardinals. Uh, two very similar teams, I think, just in terms of like their level of competitiveness at the moment. I mean, they're both – Philly probably is, probably win the division. I don't see Arizona winning that division. It'll be exciting to see how that game plays out. You know, it's in Arizona, so good – probably about three-and-a-half-hour flight for the Eagles. I think Arizona wins that game uh, just for that reason. I mean, if it was played in Philly, I'd pick the Eagles, but I just think it'll be a competitive game. You know, both teams have good young talent across the field both sides of the ball, so it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. I'm a high on Philly this year, too. I think
0: they've got a really good team, really good squad out there. Um, week five, Chargers are going to Cleveland to play the Browns. This is the game I think they'll drop early. Um, even if Deshaun Watson isn't playing, which we have no idea. I mean, if he is playing, I'll give him an L for sure. I just don't know if that's going to be, you know, Four straight games, they get a couple tough ones early. So I think they maybe drop the week five. But even if he doesn't play, um, I'm not gonna ask that the Chargers have this have this godly run defense. Now they still have they have an maybe an average run defense at the moment. Um, I, don't, I just don't know if it's gonna stop that Browns rushing attack. So I might I might go the Browns in week five to beat the Chargers, uh, give them a, maybe their first loss in that five that first five games. Um, but it's a matchup I'm looking forward to across the league. I'm gonna pick Indy again here uh, playing Denver. I just think it's a good matchup. I think Denver's been a little bit overhyped right now. I just think the rust Edition. I mean, it's, listen, it's great and all, but I just don't know if it's going to be as monumental for them as people think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, still got some work to do. They lost a lot on their defense, I think. Um, again, health is a big question for them. I'm not going to plan for injuries, but it is a question for that defense for sure. Um, I think Indy's really good this year, so it be a really good matchup there. I think Denver does win the game. It's in mile high and maybe the hardest place to go win a football game, but uh, I, I like that matchup a lot there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um Another great matchup of the week, one that I was definitely thinking about picking. We um, kind of move to week six. The Ravens go to New York again and play at MetLife again a uh, second time in the first six weeks. It's kind of kind of annoying, but travel purposes is not too bad. Um, about a 30-minute flight. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win that game. You know, I think the Giants are good. They've had a really good off season, but I still don't think they're at the level to compete. They don't know what they're playing as a quarterback currently. And if it is their plan, it's not their long term plan. So I mean, you can build a really good roster, but at, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know who your quarterback is. They released James Bradbury. It looks like they could release Kadarius, or probably trade Kadarius Tony um, this offseason as well. So it remains to be seen kind of what their plan is and their, how their roster will shape out. But I don't see them winning uh, against the Ravens. I just think, you know, I don't think they're they might finish last in their division or probably third. But it's kind of a game that I see the Ravens, you know, this is the kind of game that they win, they take care of, when a game that they should win. Um, so that would be a 5-1 and one start for the Ravens, probably right there at the top of the division through six weeks. And then the game that I'm looking forward to around the league is the Bills at Chiefs. Rematch, it seems like they normally play every year. Um, crazy overtime game last year where, you know, Mahomes had 13 seconds and Allen didn't have a shot to get the ball back. No longer the case as now both teams get the ball in overtime playoff games. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that game shapes out. I know the Chief, the Bills beat the Chiefs earlier in the season. So it'll be interesting, you know, Allen and Mahomes, great QB matchup, really one of the premier matchups of the season. Yeah, it should be good there. Uh, again,
0: a premier game. I, I think that's prime time, uh, week six. I think that might be Monday night football. Um, I have the Chargers, no, Sunday night football. I have the Chargers are Monday night football against the Broncos in week six. So, uh, again, a marquee matchup there in the first Kind of first look at, at Herbert versus Russ um, in their careers. So super be really good game there. Um, I'll take the I'll say the Chargers win this one and get off to a what's that going to be a four and two start. Um, probably give them a loss in KC. I think about it in in KC. So I'll go four and two start here for the Chargers. Um, they usually split with Denver and they and they can't seem to just they just can't seem to win in Mile High. I don't know what it is about the Chargers and and Mile High, but they just can't seem to win there. So. Um, Especially with the Broncos being good this year, I'll, I'll probably say they split. So I think they'll they'll win the one in LA, and then the game I'm looking forward to across across the league is uh, Cowboys at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think Philly's won the division uh, again. Another one that I'll, I'll kind of give us an early spoiler on per se, maybe. Um, the thing is, I, no one's won that division two years in a row, and I think almost a decade now. And so, um, you know, I think Philly can make that make that push this year. They got a lot better offensively, adding uh, adding AJ Brown and and just another year for Jalen Hurts in that offense. Um, Defense certainly got better. I think Jordan Davis is going to be a freak of nature for them, and I think he, him going 13 is going to be one of the best steals in the draft. I think in you know five years from now we're going to be talking about how, man, how Jordan Davis at 13. Kind of like how Aaron, done, man, how do you fall in the draft in the right. top 10? That's going to be a similar situation potentially. Um, really like Jordan Davis a lot, especially in that in that defense with with Fletcher Cox next to him. Um, getting learned from him, one of the best in the at his craft over the last 10 years. So really love that pairing there. Really love the team in Philly. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say Philly gets the dub here they have got another game late in the season, I think this early one is the pivotal one to kind of get ahead in the series and get up in the division early.
1: Yeah, and no, I like that divisional matchup. A uh, couple teams that play twice each year, so it'll be interesting to see how you know how both their seasons go and if they can stay healthy throughout the season because uh, that division's really going to be up for grabs until the final few weeks. Um, as we kind of roll into Week Seven here, of the season almost halfway through, uh, the Ravens are going to host the Browns. In a game that Deshaun Watson will most likely be not, not be playing in. Uh, so I'm going to give him a dub. I think the Ravens, you know, hosting the Browns, they always play well against the Browns. It seems like, you know, they lost one last year on the final play. Um, but I think they get the dub here. I think, you know, Jacoby Brissett would be their starter as of now if Deshaun is out. So I'm going to take the, take it 6-1, um, start for the Ravens. And then the game around the league is the Jets at Broncos. Going to give the Broncos the dub, but it's just a really intriguing matchup that I see on paper. Just a couple of new, newly put-together teams uh, with a lot of young guys on one and a lot of you know new vet assets on another. So it'll be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I,
0: the Jets are interesting to me. I think they're a, a team that's going to look a lot better than people think. They're going to look so much different in camp and in OTAs. So a lot of buzz around them in the preseason for sure. A lot of talent coming in there. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Denver gets to win there for them. Um, Charging of the Seahawks, uh, at home in Los Angeles, uh, I think that's a dub. Maybe a a dub too. The Seahawks are probably picking first next year. Um, they're just bad, so yep. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, take catching an L there from the Chargers in, in Week Seven. Um, putting the Chargers going into their Week Eight bye week at uh, five and two. I'd be happy with that as a Chargers fan. I think going go into the bye week uh, five and two is pretty solid. I think you get. A couple games you feel like you're confident in winning later in the season. Uh, Listen, I mean the Chargers have to win some games that they may not may not may not be supposed to be winning. So you know they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I think that's certainly the hope. That's the kind of the consensus around the non-Chargers fan league, Um, kind of around the league. All the other 32 teams and fan bases. I think outside teams see them as a potential contender. So they got to win a few games they may not may not be supposed to win. So they got to win the games you have to. You're supposed to win. So I'm going to give them the win against the Seahawks. Uh, Another, another matchup I'm looking forward to, though, is going to be uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, another hard place to go win is in San Francisco. So, um, I think it's like a quality defense there in San Francisco. I think it's going to be a good matchup for KC. Um, so, it'll be really, really, really good game. I think KC may pull that one out, though. Um don't know. It all depends on how Trey Lance looks at quarterback. To be honest with you, then keep up with the Chiefs' offense. So, uh, but it's really good. it should be a really good game. There are two quality teams. Really, really well coached teams as well. So, should be a
1: good one. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a few matchups every week that that's really looking forward to. But I'll be interested to see how those shake out. Uh, but week seven, eight, I believe we're on. Yep. Uh, the Ravens travel to Tampa Bay and play the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football. I'm gonna say that's an L for the Ravens. Uh, I think it's their longest or second longest trip of the year. Um, just tough, tough environment. They only play there every four years. They won last time, but they didn't have Tom Brady, and they don't have the roster they have now. Um, so I probably would have had the Ravens as maybe the best record in the league had you know Russ not gone to the Broncos and Brady not re- unretired. Um, as two games that we could have won could very well be losses. Um. It could still be wins, but I'm just saying it's probably more likely that we lose than win at least this game for against the Bucks, especially traveling, traveling down to Tampa Bay. Um, so, I, you know, Ravens 6-2 and two to start the year is really solid. I think that probably puts them at a two seed, um, and I'd be really happy with that result. Um, just easy start to the year so far, a couple of tough games, but you probably win one, you lose one that you shouldn't. Um, Another the game around the league is also in the AFC North, uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Ohio matchup I think that'll be really good for both teams. Kind of I don't know if Deshaun will be back then. It'll be week eight, so it'll be kinda of interesting to see, you know, what the verdict is on his suspension. Uh, but I'll I'll give it to the Bengals, you know, they don't have to travel that far and it should be a you know, a place that we're very familiar with and they should pull out the dub.
0: Yeah, again the whole AFC North is gonna be a really good matchup. Some of the AFC West should be all division matchups should be great this year. Maybe not Pittsburgh, um early in the season, but maybe late in the season pick teams. I Pittsburgh could see a better team there. Um Chargers are on the bye week in Week 8, so I'm not going to have one game this week. But I will say, um, we talked about NHL earlier, Lightning just forced Game 7 in OT against the Maple Leafs. They did pull it out. Uh, kind of almost blew a lead there, but um, scored, scored a goal late in the third period, and then they get the overtime uh, do-or-die goal, so they, they forced Game 7. Head back to Toronto. Head back to Toronto for Game 7. Should be really, really good. Crazy. Uh, love Game 7s in hockey. It's going to be all. Awesome. I'll probably watch that game, actually. Yeah. Um, but I get back to the football here. Charging on the bye. So I got only one game this week. But uh, Commanders versus Indianapolis Colts. the Carson Wentz uh, survival team versus the team that now has him. Um, I think Carson folds in this in this matchup. He's not a big high-pressure guy. Actually, I like Carson Wentz more than others do. I think he still has plenty, oh, yeah, of, ta- really like plenty of talent. It's just like you'll see a throw and it's like, man, did, did, is that a Josh Allen throw or like a Pat Mahomes throw or a Justin Herbert throw? Or is that like a Sam Darnold throw or a Josh Rosen throw? So – He's got some really confusing tape sometimes. Um, again, he makes some ridiculous throws, and he makes some what-in-the-world-is-going-on throws. So, um, but I, he's not a big high-pressure guy. I mean, the guy, like, got frazzled when they drafted Jalen Hurts, who was supposed to be just a backup on, like, a, hey, we want to run, like, quarterback sweep. We're going to put Jalen in. And, like, that's it. So he got frazzled by that and, like, Gardner Minshew. So I'm going to say, or no, yeah, Gardner Minshew's on the team yeah. here. So I'm going to say... Carson folds against his former team, and they get blown out, potentially. But listen, I, it could be a really good matchup. Um, I'd love to see Carson rise to the occasion and give a good team a good game. Um, you know, Washington's a team that I, they could be like a playoff team, or they could be like the first pick in the draft team. I have no idea what they're going to be. So I did love their pick at 16 in the draft. I'm going back on it. Yeah. But we won't, we won't talk about that anymore. Um, but again, it it could be a good match. It's an intriguing matchup to me. It's it's a, This could be a really good game,
1: really cool game to see. So I'm going to pick that game. Yeah, no, I see why. Um, could be a really fun matchup. You know, the Colts, you know, they got their quarterback now. They, you know, they keep going with these vets. You know, they had Rivers and then they had Wentz. Now they have Ryan, who will probably be there more than a year. Um, I mean, they'll still figure out what they do if they replace him with a young guy. Uh, but they look really good. You know, they have the defense. They have the O-line. They have their running back. And they have the QB. Um, they could probably use another receiver, as T.Y. Hilton's probably likely on his way out, and free agent. Um, hasn't signed anywhere. Could retire. Um so it's like probably use another receiver, but other than that, they have a really good roster complete. They got Unique Ngagway, they got uh Rockusen, or no, they sent Rocky Sin to the Raiders, right? For Unique Ngagwe, yeah. yeah. Um so you know they have a good roster, they got Stefan Gilmore. Uh so they really have all the pieces to be a good playoff team as well, kind of flying under the radar there and could very well win the division. Um but you know I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. He's a guy that, you know, is not great right now, obviously, uh, but a guy that I really like a lot. And, you know, has all the tools to be successful? Obviously, he probably would have won MVP had he not torn his ACL there late in the season. Um, but I like him a lot. It could be a very good game. It could also be a blowout. Um, so I'll be interested to tune into that game as well. Uh, but the week nine game for the Ravens, they played Thursday night, week eight against the Bucks. They now get like about 11 days off. Uh, head back to Baltimore, kind of reset a mini bye week as they have. I guess the longest possible break you can have without having a week off, yep. uh, so to speak. And then they go back on the road again. Um, the two longest trips, back-to-back weeks here, so it helps with that long week. Um, they go to play in New Orleans at the Saints. Uh, Monday night football game. it be an interesting game. I think it'll be good. Um, I think it'll be a dub for the Ravens. I'm going to give them a win here. Uh, just kind of, you know, coming off a loss to the Bucks, you have that 10 days to recoup before you fly out. I think they'll kind of get in the right headspace, kind of reset there from that loss uh, and get the dub here against the Saints, who, you know, a new coach, uh, kind of see how he does in that system. And come out with the dub here, I believe that's 7-2 and two so far on the season for the Ravens. Game around the league is the Colts at Pats. Uh, really interesting game here. Two teams that have, you know, similar pieces. Uh, filled. you know, they both have a good edge rusher. They both have a good quarterback. They both have a good old line. Good oh, old line, old lines, yeah. And they have you know somewhat good receivers, more so the Colts probably. Um, but, you know, a fun matchup to watch, I think. You know, Indy traveling to New England will probably make the game more fair is if it was maybe neutral, I'd pick Indy. Um, so fun game to watch there, and it's always a tough place to play in New England. A couple hard-dose football teams right
0: there. Couple teams, they just want to get down and run power. They run yeah. on power and ISO the whole game. So, um, they want to run like seven man boxes, power ISO the whole game. So, yeah, a good matchup there, old school football there. Not two quarterbacks We're going to go throw sixty yard bombs, Not like you're watching, you know, Rams, Rams, Bills, or Rams, Chargers, or Chiefs, Chargers, or whatever. So, a old school matchup there. I like that a lot. Um, week nine, Chargers go to Atlanta off the bye. I think that's a. Monster win for them coming off the bye, going to a team that's just not that good, not very talented, um, team that's definitely rebuilding. So I think that's a, that's a big win for the Chargers, um, and that's kind of I think that starts a roll for them. Looking at the schedule here, and I think they, they may not have a loss for a while in their schedule. Um, look at the way it shakes out, and look at the way that they they're going to perform off the bye, um, getting healthy. So matchup around the league though, I'm liking this week is going to be uh, Titans at Chiefs. Um, I personally think the Titans are taking a step back, but again, I think they match up well with Kansas City. I think. You know, King Henry's still gonna feast against that KC team. Not a great run defense, to be honest. Um, don't love it that much. So, um, I think it should be a game. Hey, maybe a Malik Willis game. I don't know when Tennessee's buy Maybe maybe they also have a, a week eight buy like the Chargers do. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a Malik Willis game. I don't know, but um, you know, I wouldn't mind. I, I don't think he plays this year, but that could be a game where he steps in. Um, just a good game. Again, I think two teams that are um, kind of opposite in play style but can match up well with each other. So I like that matchup that week.
1: Yeah, I do too. Um, The game that I could very well see being competitive can also be a blowout. Um, Yeah. be another fun one to watch. Um, Week 10, I believe we were on. Yep. The Ravens have their bye week right there in the middle of the season. Ideal spot for them. Um, Coming off the Saints game, back-to-back away, primetime games. Kind of having a week to reset, really two weeks. um, Kind of get everyone healthy right there in the middle of the season. Maybe kind of clean up some nagging injuries. Um, but the game around the league is the Cowboys at Packers. First time they've played in a little bit. Um, that Jared Cook sideline catch in the playoffs, obviously, I think was the last time they played. Did Des hey, catch it? I think he did, but it was not a touchdown. All right. That's my rule. All right. All right. I'm with that. He I did like catch it. it, but it was not a touchdown. Um yeah, I mean that was a great game. It seems like every time these guys play, it comes right down to the wire, and I think it's going to be no different here. Um, you know, Packers obviously when you lose the best receiver in the league, you're going to take a step back. But they made some good moves this off season. Uh, they got Christian Watson, which should be a nice addition to that team. So they should they should be good this year again. Um, you know, I'll just be looking forward to seeing that game and kind of how Dallas plays there up in Green Bay. Yeah, no doubt, maybe a lower scoring game. People think I think that Green Bay defense can be better than last year. I mean, they
0: got I got better with adding a couple pieces in the middle there with Quay Walker and uh, Devontae Wyatt. So this should be a lower scoring game potentially. Maybe people may think on the surface with you know Dak yeah. versus Aaron and all that stuff, but it may be a low scoring game. Defensive battle would not mind seeing it there uh, out in out in Green Bay in the cold. Um, Chargers go to go to San Francisco. A uh, Short trip up north to San Francisco um, in week eleven, week ten. Yeah, week ten. Sorry. Uh, Sunday Night Football, though, playing prime time. Uh, Joey versus Nick. Should be a really good matchup. Um, should be a really, really, really good game. It's like one of the best games of the year if I had to call my shot now on this. Um, outside of, like, your divisional games you may see, which going to be a lot of really good divisional yeah. games across, especially in the AFC this year. But um, maybe one of the best non-divisional football games we'll see all year. Um, two really good teams. I think they match up nicely. So I'm going to give the edge to the Chargers, though. I think this is where they kind of, like I said, get on their roll here. Um, they're coming off, uh, I think, a win against the Falcons in Week 9 they're healthy off the bye in week 8 so i think they're kind of coming in with some confidence i think again justin herbert just plays better in primetime i don't know what it is he's one of those guys that performs better in the bright lights um and i just don't know if that offense uh, of san francisco can keep up with the chargers offense um, i don't also love their db room so at least at the moment so i think uh chargers pull out, pull, out, pull 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 out here um and kind of start so this really kicks off their their role here um with it, with it with the win against a good team on the road primetime and then my, I guess I forgot to mention my matchup of the week. Um, got caught up in, in this really good matchup here with the Niners Chargers. But uh, New Orleans-Pittsburgh, a couple teams that I think um, match up a little more similar than we think. I think two teams with, with solid defenses and um, kind of changing offenses. We didn't really get to see a lot of Jameis in that New Orleans offense. And they've certainly retooled that yeah. offense, with namely getting Chris Olave. You know, they lose to Ron Armstead, but ain't they, they'll they probably fill in that offensive line room. Okay, I mean, that's a team that's notorious for developing offensive yeah. linemen. Um and always having a really good, really good online line So, um, you know, hopefully Kamara's healthy that week. Um, should be able really to meet kind of Kamara versus Najee. Um, really love those two running backs. Um, two very similar running backs, I think I'll say as well. Um, but could be a good game for Kenny Pickett. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing him play. It's at home, so uh, New Orleans has to go up to the cold. Where they You know, they play in a dome, probably practice inside too. So a little warmer out there in, in New Orleans than it is in Pittsburgh. So should be a good game. I'm, I'm, again, one I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see Kenny Pickett do well. He'll definitely be starting by week 10, so should be a good one.
1: Yeah, I definitely hope New Orleans wins that, obviously. It'll be an NFC team. Um, But yeah, that'll be a good game. Uh, As we roll to week 11, um, the Ravens play the Panthers. They host them in Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to say that's a dub for the Ravens. uh, For the sheer fact that they're hosting and the Panthers aren't very good, it doesn't take too much knowledge to chalk that up as a dub. (laughs) knows ball. You know ball with this one. Now, obviously, we could have 15 injuries and lose that game, and I wouldn't be surprised because some reason we can't stay healthy the past few years. Uh, each year we've had the worst COVID outbreak in the league. I don't think that's a big issue anymore, really, but I don't know what the policies officially are for this upcoming season and if they could change, honestly, with another outbreak. Um, but for the time being, fully healthy, fully staffed roster with no impactful injuries, I'm going to say that's a dub for the Ravens, bringing them to... 8-2, I want to say. 8-2 on the yep. season. And then the game around the league is the Eagles at Colts. Uh, kind, kind of trying to switch up the teams that we're picking here. I know we both picked the Eagles and Colts already. Um, but it's just a matchup that kind of jumped off the screen when I was looking at the you know, Week 11 matchups. I think that'll be a really good game. You know, Not too bad travel for the Eagles. And two teams that are really competitive, I think, vying for similar spots in their respective conferences. So, I think it'll be close to the end. Carson Wentz Bowl,
0: Philly yeah. versus Indy. Um, mm-hmm. No, it should be a matchup. I Again, I'm two ty- two teams I'm higher on uh, on than most, so I like that matchup there a lot. Uh, Chargers get the Chiefs at home in Los Angeles uh, in Week 11. I'm going to give them the dub here. I think they're going to split with KC. Um, and they'll split with Denver as well. So, I'm going to give them the dub here against KC, thinking that they'd lose Week 2 uh, on Thursday Night Football. So, um, Give him the dub here against against the Chiefs to bring them to also eight and two uh, through week eleven here. My my matchup across the across the league gonna be another AFC West matchup It's gonna be uh, Vegas in Denver. Um, again, a hard place to win in Denver, but I think these two teams, um, I think most would say they're probably you know three and four in, in the league It teams of on paper rosters right now. Um, I mean, a lot of people like the Chiefs draft and kind of put them back in two um, two or one whatever you had them at you know lower before they probably jumped up one spot so. Um I think it'd be a good matchup. It'd be a pivotal matchup is why I kinda of put it on here. Um I just think that it, you know, if Denver loses this one they they could be, you know, they could be back kinda of where they started almost at ground zero per se with kind of fighting and claw for a lead. But if Vegas, if Vegas loses, they could be out of the division race at this point, potentially out of a playoff spot if they lose this game. Um just looking at how loaded the AFC is with AFC North could potentially field three teams. Um, you know, AFC West could certainly field three teams, so I think it's just a, 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 probably a must-win game for, for Vegas. I don't know if they're going to in Denver. So I'll probably give Denver the nod this week because it's in mile high, tough place to win. But
1: it should be a really pivotal matchup for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, like you said, it'll be a very high-stakes game there coming down the stretch of the season. See you can kind of get those final spots in the playoffs. Uh, week 12, as we kind of round out this schedule, uh, the Ravens travel to Jacksonville to play the Jags, another one of their longest trips of the year. Not leaving the time zone, though, luckily. Uh, is very beneficial traveling. You just kind of stay on the same body clock time. I want to give him a dub here, um, bring him to 9-2 on the year. Um, there's really not too many challenges in the schedule to this point. And, you know, playing a fourth-place schedule with all the injuries we had last year is really beneficial, especially here. It's kind of get down the stretch of the season. Um, you know, 9-2 should be right there at the top of the AFC And I think, you know, they have all the tools to do it. I wasn't really high on the Ravens, honestly. Um, Even on winning the division, I'd say they probably have as good a shot as anyone else in the division of winning it. But now after the draft and, you know, the inevitable roster cuts and moves that I think they're going to make, I think they're, you know, as good as anyone when it's all said and done, when they stay healthy. Um, But you don't need your best when you're playing the Jags. Um, A team that's not all that great that made really questionable moves, you know, acquired the right guys in the offseason, but for terrible prices. Um, So they don't have too much cap left. Um, It just seems like they had a lot of cap, and they said, okay, let's spend it all. Um, And if we have left over, we'll give the guys we signed more. Um, So it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I think the Ravens win this one. Uh, They've never really had a problem handling the Jags, and the Jags are very mediocre to to say the most about them. I don't think they're going to make too much noise, especially in the loaded AFC this year. Uh, matchup around the league, Rams-Chiefs. Uh, the Rams travel to KC. I'm going to give the the Chiefs the dub. I think it'll be a good game. Teams pretty similarly matched. Uh, very well could be a Super Bowl matchup last year or this year. Um, just two really competitive teams that should be right there at the top of their conferences. And I think you know the Rams take a trip up there and it's going to be a really good game to the end you know we watched it back before you know when jared Goff was the qb i think it was like a 54 51 final in the 2018 mm-hmm. season just a crazy back and forth game but i'm gonna give the chiefs the dub here i think that's a really good game uh, i think mediocre
0: for the jags is putting it very nicely um nicer than i put it earlier so um but yeah no know rams chiefs should be a great game there in uh Week twelve Chargers gonna play in Arizona week twelve and that's a W. Um again they're there to keep the train rolling here. Don't love Arizona Resort, so They they may take the biggest step back of any team in the league this year. Um I just don't love their team at all, especially defensively. So um they've built it very poorly over the past few years in terms of the draft acquisitions. So I'm gonna give the Chargers the dub here in Arizona. Not a super far trip for I'm staying in the time zone like Brett said, so um, shouldn't be too bad there on the body clock traveling. Um like you mentioned with the Ravens. I'm going to go really match up across these. to would be Green Bay in Philly, uh, Sunday that Football. Uh, should be a really good game. Again, I think if it wasn't in Philly, I maybe wouldn't have picked this game, but it's in Philadelphia, prime time. I think it would be a low-scoring game again here, a couple, couple solid defenses. Um, would love to see Philly pull off the upset. I think I'm going to take Green Bay, though. But um wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if Philly pulled off the upset here at home on in prime time.
1: No, yeah, I agree. I think that will be a really good game, and Philly is a team that could, you know, have six wins, or they could have 12 wins this year. Yep. Uh, it's really all going to come down to the quarterback play. Uh, we are on week 13 now, I believe, and the Ravens host the Broncos. Um, you know, revamped roster. I think this could really be a toss-up game for the Ravens. Uh, they probably have three losses after this week. I don't know which three. I'm just predicting that it's going to be the Patriots, Bucks, and this game. You know, a game that really the Ravens should win on paper. Uh, The Broncos, you know, are a good team, but they gave away a lot in that trade for Russ, kind of putting all their chips in the quarterback room. Uh, They have good receivers, but beyond that, they don't have a whole lot. Um, I'm going to give the Broncos the dub here just because I don't see the Ravens winning every game they should, obviously, um, or else they would be. I mean, they're favored in more games than most. So I want to give them the L here. I just think that it's a tough game, tough matchup. Um, And I think Russ, you know, we beat him pretty bad in Seattle a few years ago, so maybe he'll have that in the back of his mind.
0: Yeah, that's a really good game. Um, I like that game a lot there, that matchup. uh, uh, Ravens-Broncos
1: matchup around the league for the week. What you got? Yeah, I got the Dolphins at Niners. Ooh, um, I like that one. A good I game. I think the Niners win. I mean, that's a brutal, probably like a six-hour flight for the Dolphins. But I like the Niners. Um, you know, they're a team that's kind of flying under the radar here this offseason, I think. I don't know what their plan is really anywhere um, along that offense. But I think their defense is going to be what it is normally. Um, and they're going to do well against the Miami offense. Yeah, I like, that. I like that pick a lot. Like I said, a really good matchup, intriguing matchup in terms of kind of skill
0: sets brought to the table there by each offense, um, but I think, you're, I think you're right, the defense for, for San Francisco kind of overwhelms that Miami offense a little bit, maybe. Um, let's see, we're in week 13 here, Chargers are going to go to Las Vegas and play the Raiders. Um, I think that's a W. Uh, I, I personally don't think the Raiders are going to be at all that they've been cracked up to be this off season. Um Their own line is not much better at all, they, they don't like either of their tackles, to be honest, I, Colton Miller's good, but I, mean, he's, I don't think he's hes probably the fourth-best left tackle in that division behind Rashawn Slater, Orlando Brown Jr., and, and Garrett Bowles, So, um, especially with the edge rush, Joe, the Chargers present to them. Um, don't love the rest of their offensive line. It's kind of bad. Uh, they lost Rodney Hudson a couple, or I guess uh, before the 2021 season, so I'm um, kind of searching for answers there on the interior, as well as the right tackle spot. Um, Alex would really hadn't panned out for him, so I'm going to take the Chargers here to sweep the Raiders and to go 4-2 in the division here. Um, I just said they'll likely lose to the Broncos in Denver. Um, we'll get to that game here in a little bit. Uh, I think the Chargers keep it rolling here with this W in in Las Vegas. Not again, not a super far trip for them. They, sh- they should have won the game in overtime to end the year last year and gone to the playoffs, but um, couldn't put out on defense. I think their defense is a lot better, and if that's what if that's what kept them from winning the last one, um, I think they're gonna get this one done in, in Vegas. and match up around the league. Um, talk about this team a lot, but just playing a bunch of good games and playing a bunch of good matchups and the team I like a lot. So it's gonna be uh, Cowboys versus the Colts. Um, maybe a really good game. I think the Cowboys probably pulled this one out and kind of a road upset, a big road win for Dallas. Um, I don't know. I just think this is a game that Indy maybe didn't didn't ball out for. Um, they 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 lose some head scratchers. Um, they play some good games, but they're also going to lose some some games they maybe shouldn't. Or you know, just good games. So I think Dallas is maybe better than them. So I'll take the probably Dallas probably a little less beat up. Um, in the AFC, be a little beat up a little bit more. So Dallas is in the NFC least, so they're going to get not beat up that much. So I right. give Dallas the dub here.
1: Yeah, I like it. That'll be a good game. Um another competitive game I think teams, you know, there's more probably gonna be more bad teams this year. There's a lot more really solid teams that could, you know, make a run at the Super Bowl. Probably ten teams honestly in the league that make it to the Super Bowl. And I say, Alright, I'm not that shocked. Um, uh, that's just how it is this year, especially in the AFC. We get to week fourteen here. Kinda rounded out our final five weeks of this episode end of the season predictions, the Ravens travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers and have their first road division game of the year. I'm going to say that this is a W. Uh, I just don't think the Steelers have the roster. I mean, they have Pickens, but, and they have Pickett, who's probably starting at this point. They have the defense, but they don't have really any corners at the moment, and I think that's what you need the most to kind of facilitate that defense. You have Minka uh, but it didn't really make any moves that I think they wanted to on the defense this off season. I think that's gonna, you know, be their Achilles heel this year. And you know, most people are thinking, all right, they have the defense, but I think their defense is gonna be what's holding them back, especially on the on the outside and really outside of Minka. Uh, they have Minka, Cam Hayward, and T.J. Watt, all really good guys at their position. But other than that, I don't think anyone's gonna come through for them this year. And I think they're gonna take a step back. I think they'll be f- probably nine wins maybe eight wins, but I just don't see the Ravens losing to them. So I'm going to give them a dub. That's going to be 10 and three through 13 games. And then my game around the league is going to be the Patriots at the Cardinals. going to give the Cardinals a dub, uh, a little bit of flight for the Patriots. And I think, you know, that's a good matchup. Two teams that have similar holes and similar strengths, but I'm going to give the Cardinals a dub, probably a two score game.
0: Yeah. I like, I like that matchup a lot. Um, again, Two very different teams, but um, similar in kind of where they're going to they're gonna fall in terms of their division potentially. So I like New England in that one personally well. So Chargers are going to have the, the Dolphins in Los Angeles that week, kind of getting home from a two-game uh, road road stint. Uh, granted, not very far being in, in Arizona and Las Vegas, but they get back to L.A., get the Dolphins. Um, not big on the Dolphins' defense this year, to be honest with you. I know some people like it a lot. I'm not huge on it. I think the Byron Jones contract really bit them bit in the behind a little bit. Um, mm. Don't love that linebacker room, so – I'm gonna take the, the Chargers here against the Dolphins this week. Uh, keep again, keep it rolling. They're on what like a, you know, going back to the Broncos game, a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game win streak here. Gonna to come to an end pretty soon, but I think that they get this one done against the Dolphins. And matchup across the league, uh, like I said, we're trying to try to diversify our picks a little bit here. Um, we go with the the Vikings at at the Lions. I got a couple of young pieces. The Lions that I, that I like a lot, and you know Panay Sewell, James Williams, Aiden Hutchinson. So um, should be potentially a matchup for their young young stars to kind of show out against a, a lesser not a lesser opponent, but lesser in terms of a, a, probably a bottom third team in the NFL next year. and the Vikings, just like an aging roster. It's in Detroit. Maybe a, again a chance for them to kind of show what they've got. Um, you know James Williams definitely playing by now. Definitely healthy by now. Uh, definitely comfortable in in the, in the offense. So. Um, would love to see him go off against a, a mediocre secondary, per se, especially a mediocre corner room. I know they drafted Lewis scene, but um, don't love that corner room in, in Minnesota. So I'm um, looking for a game there for James Williams to break out. Again, just a, a game I'm looking forward to see some young stars kind of shine for for the for the the Detroit Lions.
1: Definitely. Uh, we get to week 15. The Ravens have another road division game at Cleveland. Sean Watson's probably playing at this point. I'm going to say it's an L for the Ravens, bringing the record to 10-4. Yep. And I think – You know, it's a game that could really be close. Again, the Ravens could win. Uh, I just don't think they will. For some reason, the Browns always stay pretty healthy as well. Um, They have a couple injuries each year, but it seems like they're always one of the healthiest teams. And then a game around the league, I think Giants at Commanders, a divisional matchup. I think two teams that are kind of vying for that third spot in that division. Um, I think it'll be a good competitive game, but I'll give the Commanders the dub vying for the third spot in the division, as well as vying for the first overall pick. Um, it could be. Maybe not with
0: Washington, but we'll see. Um, but again, good matchup there, divisional matchup. Um, again, trying to diversify uh, the picks here a little bit later in the season. Week 14, 15, 15, 15. yeah, 15, yes, 15. Um, Chargers get the Titans in Los Angeles, and this is a game they should win. I mean, this is where the game, the winning streak comes to, and an I think they lose to the Titans in a game they should win. Um just, just a team that I think matches up well with us, to be honest. They're really, good, really, really, really good run game. Um, Malik Willis, again, could be starting by then. They get a really dynamic run game with him in the game. Um, I just think they match, all, match up well with us. They're really physical defense, really physical front seven. So I think that's, again, just you're going to lose a couple of games you shouldn't. I think the Chargers have won a lot of the games they should so far, maybe a couple they maybe shouldn't have, again, like the one in, in San Francisco. But I think this is a game that they lose that they shouldn't lose. Um, bring them to 10 and or 11 and 3 here through 15 weeks of the season. But, um, yeah, 11 three. So, um, but I think the loss of the Titans. My game around the week is going to be Cincinnati, uh, and Tampa Bay going to Tampa, um, pretty far trip south for Cincinnati. They're going from Cincinnati to Tampa. Um, could be worse for them, but certainly not a great place to go play. Um, I think i have gonna give Tampa the dub here. I think Tom just kind of one of those games. He finds a way to win late like, in the. I think they're down in the fourth quarter by 10 maybe, and. Tom just finds a way to win. It's just one of those signature Tom Brady wins, fourth quarter comebacks, so I'm going to give Tampa the dub here.
1: Yeah, I like that game. Uh, Kind of two teams that I haven't really seen matched up in a long time. It's kind of a matchup you see every four years Yeah. being, you know, AFC versus NFC, so that'll be a fun game to watch. Week 16, the Ravens host the Falcons, and I think it's a dub for the Ravens. I think the Falcons are kind of rebuilding, trying to find their identity right now. I think the Ravens take home the dub, especially being at home, so that brings them to 11-4 and four on the season, and the game around the league is the Packers at Dolphins. I think a really, really good game here. Um, you know, Rogers and Christian Watson versus Tua and Tyreek and Waddle and all the guys they have now. Should be a really fun game to watch, a matchup. You don't really see that often again every four years. So that'll be a fun game to watch. I'll give the Dolphins the dub in that one. Yeah, no doubt. And it should be a really good game there. Again, like an intriguing matchup
0: there too, which is, which is really nice to see. Um, kind of different when we haven't seen per se. like that one a lot. So I'm going to go Chargers here. Going to be in Indianapolis against the Colts Monday Night Football. I think this is a game they lose. I think they, like, they drop two straight here, bring them to 11-4. and four. Uh, same record as, as the as the Ravens so far through the season. I just think, again, Monday night game, I think Herbert plays well. I just don't know if they're going to be able to play well enough. And the Colts rushing attack is probably the best in the NFL. they got a really good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor is really, really good. Um, they got a couple physical wideouts, physical tight end room as well. So I just think it's, again, maybe a game they should win. But uh, after coming off a loss, I don't know if they quite bounce back like they should on the road. So like in Lucas Oil is a really good home environment for them, especially late in the season. Pivotal game for I think both teams, so I think the Colts come out on top here. Chargers kind of drop two straight air, reeling off seven wins in a row. They drop two straight losses here, and then my game around the league is gonna be uh, Raiders at Steelers. I think this is a make or break game for the for the Raiders at this point. I think If they lose, they probably gonna have to win out at this point in their schedule. I don't think they're going to potentially against Steelers. I think I'm looking for Kenny Pickett to maybe have a kind of a, almost a breakout game potentially against a, what I think is a not very good Vegas defense outside of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. So. Don't love that defense there potentially. In terms of a matchup for them, so I'm gonna go with gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers in this week. Yeah. All Steelers right. for sure.
1: Yeah, I like that pick. It's a little bit of travel. Um final two games here we each have for y'all. Week seventeen. Uh, the Ravens host the Steelers, second to last divisional and game of the year. You give the Ravens the W here, putting them at 12 and 4 on the season. I think right around 12, 13 wins is where they could end up if they stay fully healthy throughout the year, just based off the schedule they have. I think it'll be a dub, regardless of who the Steelers have at quarterback. I don't see them losing to them, especially at home. And then the game around the league is the Bills at Bengals. Really, really fun game to watch here. A first place matchup in the AFC. So I'll give the Bills the dub here. The Bengals kind of have a tough stretch down their year. But I think
0: it'll be a really good you No, know, for sure. I think, again, that's two two teams that going to be a big matchup for both teams, I think. I think. Maybe the Bills maybe have the division locked up. But looking for seating here, maybe. Looking for that bye week. So I think we're really going to match up there, Bills-Bengals. Bills, Bills Bengals. Um, Chargers have the Rams, Sunday Night Football. Technically a home game for the Chargers, but it's a home game for both teams. They're in Los Angeles um, playing at SoFi Stadium. Uh, might be making an appearance in this game. Might have to fly out to California for this. Dad, my dad's a Rams fan. Um, I'm sure he's listening. I'll get to the pick in a second. Uh, but uh, really, really, it should be a really good matchup. I think two teams that um, I think actually profile very similarly. And I think this is going to come down to not necessarily the Sean McVay offense versus Brandon Sidley defense, but I think it's going to come down to Joe Lombardi's offense versus um, the Rams defense. I think. You know Sean and Sean and Brandon Staley know each other a lot. They know each other well. And they're screen, they're, they know they know their schemes well. Excuse me. Um, it's going to come down to the Chargers' offense with the Rams' defense. I think it's going to be two systems that don't really know each other that well, to be honest. And um, I think the Chargers get the dub. I think it'll be a late fourth quarter dub for the Chargers. Maybe like a last, like a Justin Herbert gets the ball last, and Matt Stafford and, and Herbert goes on and wins the game for him. Um, a game they have to win. I think at this point, if they you know they drop. Two straight games. are sitting at 11 and four. Looking at the last two weeks of, of Rams Broncos, that we got to get a dub here. Um, got to get to 12 wins and, and secure a playoff spot. So I think they do it against the Rams here, and it becomes kind of a signature Justin Herbert uh, type legacy game early in his career uh, in, a, in a prime time game against the Rams, defending Super Bowl champs. Um, Chargers pulled the dub out here, and really, I think it'd be a classic, uh, you know, back and forth game. And then my, my pick for around the league. I'm throw you guys a curveball again we wanted to pick different teams different matchups' I'm picking two teams again gonna come out of the wire but because they're both bad teams so I'm gonna pick the Jags versus the Texans um looking for Trevor Lawrence to have a breakout game to end the year this in, in this in the season um, against a mediocre defense in Houston um you know I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be that guy eventually it's gonna take some time with that with that offense but I think he's got the offensive line this year got the weapons against a not very good Houston defense looking for for uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence had a big game against the Texans here this week. And I'll give the Jags the nod on the road. I'm going give to give them the nod here.
1: I like it. Um, yeah, a game that could end up being fun to watch at the end. Um, just a couple teams in division that haven't really done much in the past few years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, divisional matchups are always fun to watch regardless of how good the teams are just because it means so much more than a normal game. Um, to round out the Ravens' season, they go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Um, I hope they have the division locked up by this point. If not, I think it'll be a tough game. I'm gonna give the Ravens L here. Uh, gives the Ravens a 12 and five record, probably a two or a three seed with them winning the division. Like I said earlier, it'd be a different story if maybe Russ and Brady didn't come back to the teams and Russ didn't get traded to Broncos. You know, we're probably looking at a one seed maybe. Um. But I think, you know, you lose a couple games you shouldn't in there. Maybe the game we host Broncos, it should be a game we win. But, you know, I have five losses for the Ravens. I think that's pretty realistic for them. I think they could definitely be a team to go on a run as they did in 2019 and win however many straight. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's going to come down to playoff success, and I think this roster is a lot more experienced than it was a few years ago and obviously didn't make the playoffs last year because we had nobody healthy. But I think, you know, more experience, the better, and I think this is a year where we maybe take a step back in the regular season and take a step forward in the postseason. So it's a good year for the Ravens. I think you know if your losses are at Browns, at Bengals, at Bucks versus Broncos, at Patriots. I mean, those are five good teams that should definitely be in the playoffs most likely with you. Um, and the game around the league is the Cardinals at Niners divisional matchups here to finish out to finish out the year probably for second place in the division if I had to guess. going to give the Niners the dub here as they get into the playoffs there, probably as a six seed or five seed. Um, But I like the matchup. I think, you know, it's always fun to see kind of this matchup because of all the pieces they move around that Niners do on defense. And then with the Cardinals' new look offense, kind of with adding Marquise Brown, Trey McBride, I think it'll be interesting to see how that offense fares throughout the year. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I'll call my make this prediction now. I think Bengals,
0: Ravens is again that gets Because all these games are T B D. They all get played Sunday, they all get played uh you know, they're all T B D on times for now. So I think uh I think that's again that gets flexed Sunday night football. The Chargers had it last year. I think uh Ravens, Bengals might get it this year. I think it's gonna be a huge game for playoffs. Um massive game for seating for sure with two playoff teams I think there, so should be a really good game there, and then the same thing with the Cardinals and and, uh, and Niners looking for a playoff seating there. Maybe that 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 second wild card spot. Um, should be a great game there. But I'm, Chargers are going to play in Denver. Week eight, week eight, week eighteen. That's a loss again. A game that could be flexed to Sunday Night Football for you know playoff potential. Um, bring the Chargers to twelve and five in the season, and that's again. I try to be realistic here. Um, you know I think they do go on a run at this point. Like looking at their looking at their. It's kind of the first time I've seen that I've really taken a look at the schedule and kind of in its in its you know um chronological order here i think they they could go on a run after that bye week they could also not you never know but um you know the chargers love live up to some expectations potentially this year and um you know if they lose uh, in, in week in week 18 against the broncos they should already have a playoff spot locked up maybe not the division but the playoff spot locked up at 12 wins um you know if they beat the broncos in denver they would be great I don't, don't know if they're going I think the broncos are a very good team um the chargers never play well in denver for some reason so i'll give the broncos the win here chargers take an l but and this is at 12 and 5 it's a great year for them it's three three wins better than last year um added a lot i think you know honestly i wouldn't be super upset if they go in with kind of their their seed is already locked up say the chiefs are already have the division 1 and or you know someone else has a division 1 and, and the chargers are locked in at the five seed i'm okay if they sit everybody even if they lose and they're still the five right. If they win they're still the five wouldn't mind sitting everybody getting everyone to rest cuz um you know the chargers i think they know they're not just playing you know for for their october games they're playing for february games so and that's the goal, and I think that that's what the goal should be, and that's what the goal should be for every team. But so for especially for a team like the Chargers, that's made a lot of moves, they've got to do it at quarterback. So um, twelve and five should be, you know, I think it's realistic. That's what most people are gonna have the Chargers at this year. I think it's twelve and five. Um, you know, lose a couple of games you maybe shouldn't, like the like the Titans game, uh, maybe the Colts game too, but win a couple of games you maybe shouldn't. Uh, so maybe it should be a really good season for the Chargers. I'm really looking forward to it. it should be exciting. Um, then my game around the leagues, I mean, is gonna be uh, Patriots versus versus the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think the Bills are getting a little too much love right now. Just people are like anointing them with like this 15 win team that's gonna no doubt get the first seed in the AFC, and um, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not really sure. I think the you know the pass could give them a run early in the season. I think this would be a huge game for the pass for playoff in terms of getting a playoff spot, and I think that's gonna be a big game for the Bills in terms of maybe locking up that, that bye week or you know locking up the division. So um, should be a really good game. I think again there were not a lot of matchups I loved this week. Uh, honestly, I think. A lot of them were just, you know, Case I think I think K C and the Raiders is irrelevant. I think K C already had the playoff spot locked. I don't think the Raiders aren't making the playoffs at this point. So, um just an example there. So I really like um uh Pat's bills here and kinda round out this uh this kind of NFL schedule overview. Um we'll certainly get into, well, like I said, we're gonna get into our divisional previews eventually. Um kind of late probably late in the summer, to give our divisional breakdowns, so probably get into some more gonna have to get creative with content here pretty soon with uh basketball's gonna be wrapping up soon and just gonna be a baseball for a while. So yeah. I mean I love I the MLB. I know you love the MLB too, but not everyone does have to get creative a little bit. But um kinda wraps it up for the pod. Um gonna be giving you guys a normal episode every Thursday and from now on, at least for the for the near future. Um kind of sports kinda gets a little bit slow here pretty soon. Kinda NFL drafts over, NFL kinda in a dead period now, so um that's about it. I mean, I think uh, that's
1: all I really got like for this podcast. You got anything else? Yeah, no. Uh long episode today for y'all. Yeah as you know by now. Uh, we kind of string out the football section as kind of that's just what's hot right now. Uh, we kind of added in hockey too, which doesn't slow it down. And Kentucky Derby mentioned uh, just kind of a loaded episode today as we're almost to the two-hour mark in the episode. Uh, but just some updated scores is kind of while we were recording. Uh, it looks like the Blues are going to close out the series versus the Minnesota Wild as they're up 4-0 at the end of the second period. Uh, the Blues would go on to play the Avalanche if they hold on to win tonight. Oil Oilers are up two nothing on the Kings, um, and it looks like that will go to Game Seven, <clears throat> excuse me, if the Kings cannot pull out the win here. And then as we go to the NBA, the Mavericks are currently up twenty two points on the Ooh. Suns as the fourth quarter just game started. Game Seven, baby! All right, let's go. So it looks like we got Game Seven on Sunday. For the Mavs and Suns, which should be fun to watch. I always love game sevens, no matter what sport it is. Got two so game sevens on Sunday, too. So I'm looking it'll forward be to it. That. So that's pretty much it for the episode we have. Follow us on our social media at Colette Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Stay tuned every Thursday for the episode, and we will have some new content for y'all next week as the NBA draft lottery will have occurred. And what else? And probably most Com- of the first round series yeah, in the NHL will, will be, wrap up. Conference finals will be basketball. Play, yeah. Basketball second round will be wrapped up. So a lot of updates next week. Maybe not as much NFL content. I oh, love doing this. Appreciate y'all for the support, and we will see y'all again in a week. Yep. See you guys later.